voyages of EFM KUFO, like no radio station has done before. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Well, Chad's a big sack of failure. Let's just get that out of the way right now. In fact, somebody sent me a graphic. I'll put this up on my uh, website here in just a bit. Wasn't he calling himself Chad Sickle at a certain point? Hadn't he given himself the nickname of Chad Sickle? I think so. Somebody sent me a beautiful logo that just says, it just says, Fail Sickle, and it's his head on a stick. I'm really not doing it justice, though, with with that description. It's uh, it's so much better than you can imagine. I'll, uh, I'll put that up at rickemerson.com here in just a few uh, good morning to you. It is 3 minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 5, and this is the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2009, live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy as we enter uh, day four of Survive It and Drive It. Although at this point, I'm unclear about who's surviving what, actually. By the time I left uh, Dick Hanna Dodge last night, which was, it's all just becoming a big, it's just becoming a big wash of... Of like little Wayne songs and dental drills, really. I uh, I was able to bust out that that noise that Aaron created, which is the dental drill, mixed with the clown music, mixed with the baby grind, mixed with the woman screaming. And I think that that might have actually cracked them within about an hour, but I think it would have killed all of us there as well, because at a certain point it just started to uh, just started to take your head into a very very bad place. We will uh, check in later on this morning with Survive It and Drive It, which is happening right now as we speak, 24 hours a day, at uh, Dick Hanna Dodge. It's corner of 4th, Plain, and Auto Mall Drive in Vancouver. So now it's just two chicks. That's right. Uh, so Chad... Cagney and Lacey. Well, and it teaches me never to take a nap. That's the it, Two things will cause events to transpire. Us getting off the air, going on vacation, or taking a nap. So I went home, went to bed at like, I don't know, 2 in the afternoon or something, and I woke up around 2.45... And I've missed two phone calls and three emails because I guess Chad at a certain point. The story is that he has a has a, a the friend who was in some sort of a some sort of a mishap, some sort of an accident. Although we did hear a firsthand account that after he got out of the truck, after he was you know said sort of I'm out of here, after he got out and was sitting on the curb, someone asked him said Hey, what's up with that? Why did you quit? And his response was I don't know. I just couldn't take it anymore. So there seems to be a little bit of fishiness. There seems to be the, some skullduggery uh, going on there. In any event, we'll talk to him later on uh, today and try to get the uh, the scoop on that, as they say. Chester Bennington from uh, Lincoln Park and Dead by Sunrise coming up uh, this hour. 640, we'll talk to Phyllis Smith from The Office. Kelly Clark with Food Porn uh, for the uh, Willamette Week at 7 o'clock. And John Cho, who's in, uh, he's in Harold and Kumar and Star Trek. Um, and he's in the new show, Flash Forward. That'll be uh, at 8 o'clock. And then in the 8 o'clock hour as well, we will uh, talk to Chad, the uh, latest guy to uh, bail out on Survivor to Drive It. So now it's just Katie and Jessica. Um, and we will uh, be uh, taking a uh, taking a further look into all that is transpiring out there later on this morning. Also, a pair of tickets for you to see Pearl Jam and a pair of Kiss tickets some point this morning as well. We're uh, joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello. How are you today? Good morning. Better than yesterday morning. My bike actually started this morning. Excellent. Yeah. It was good. And, then and you have a new helmet. 
and I have a new helmet. And uh, Greg and I spent all yesterday afternoon uh, in Vancouver reciting uh, True Blood lyrics and STD symptoms for the uh, remaining Survive It and Drive It people. Yes, you guys had scripts from True Blood, and you were uh, acting these out via megaphone. And I have the video of that. We'll put that up at some point today. If you go to uh, rickemerson.com, you can see, well, there's two things I put up. There's one that's just called Sound Hell. Which is just me walking around the truck a few times with the camera, just so you can get a sense of what it sounds like to be there. Uh, later on this hour, we'll we'll take a moment and we'll talk about uh, a listener named Joe who lent us a hand yesterday. By, I mean the long. Oh, I the, love Joe. I mean, the shorthand of it is he just got into the truck with a penny whistle and just be, just began. Just begin making unholy amounts of noise. For hours. For hours on anime. He couldn't be stopped. He was like some sort of Renfair Terminator. He just kept going and going and going. Um, The second video is uh, Greg and Sarah. uh, And I think I forgot to bring that megaphone back with me yesterday, which means it's uh, it's still out at Surviving and Drive It, which is fine. But um, it was uh, Greg and Sarah, each with a megaphone, letting the contestants know in... I would say exceedingly graphic detail what ailments they might risk contracting by being in the truck uh, with other people who perhaps have not bathed in some time. Many of them involving oozing fluids. So you can uh, you can see that if you like, or you know not at uh, rickemerson.com. It's 503-228-4101 or you can text at 52051. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior. Your personal savior. Hang on, I, I have a um, waiting sign. Your personal savior. One moment, please. Your call will be taken in the... All right. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 5.07. Expect highs today only in the mid-70s. It's going to be cooling off. Well, if you're lucky enough to be looking out at the sky before 3 o'clock this morning, you saw a giant meteor disintegrate right before your eyes. It was an incredible sight. As I was uh, driving into the parking lot, you didn't even have to look. It was that big. It caught your attention. You looked at big, giant, green thing with a long tail. I and don't think that's a meteor. I think that's a. I think that's a mothership of some kind. What do you mean it was a big green thing with a long tail? It was a big green thing with a long tail. It disintegrated before it reached the earth. Where were you when you saw it? It was right here outside it, the uh, station. I was uh, on twenty six, just uh, coming into the Market Street exit. And I saw it in the western sky. Were we supposed to be having a meteor? Was there we have a, meteor uh, showers all the time? You just have to be watching for them, and the skies have to be clear. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Portland police kept a cautious vigil over downtown overnight as fans of the insane clown posse converged for a possibly crazy hip-hop show. The cops included some from the gang enforcement division. They kept a watchful eye from across the street from the Roseland. Few problems were reported. Last year, three of the so-called juggalos were sentenced to prison for beating and robbing a fan in Washington County. Somebody's making funny money inside a room with a Troutdale travel lodge, and it must be stopped. Cops say this makeshift fork knocks of counterfeit bills is run by a guy named Raymond. They're looking for Raymond right now. Two people already arrested for peddling these fake bills at the Oregon State Fair. I was at a store the other day, and a guy apparently had been handed. He'd been given a, a, a fake $50 bill. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to encourage counterfeiting. It's a federal crime, and they take that sort of thing seriously, and they'll come and they'll break your legs. So you don't want to do that. But th- but th- whoever had been doing the counterfeiting had come up with a pretty interesting scam. They, they had a good way to do it. This is, I never would have thought of this. Rather than just trying to create their own paper at home, which you can't really do anymore because they, they have the watermark inside of it, mm-hmm. The deal is they took an actual, they were just going in and they were buying a bunch of $20 bills and then bleaching the green off of them somehow and printing $50 bill ink over the top of it. So in other words, using the actual bill. 
So they were still so they were you know they were still making thirty dollars on the transaction because you can't fake that paper. You can't really fake the watermark. I guess it's very hard. So they just bleached the the, the ink off of it and reprinted it on the same money, which is sort of you know you like to see a guy find the time genius. to do that. See, but it's, a, it's, a, it's a, what's that, Tim? How do people find the time to do that? Well, I mean, I don't know. You know, it is a down economy. Our employment is at twelve point two percent. I mean, if you have Comcast, you really don't have any time if you're just going through the channels. Never mind trying to figure out how to make money. Oh, tell me about it. I uh, I went home last night and I was looking at the uh, because I got back from Survive It and Drive It. I left there like six thirty. I got home around seven fifteen, seven. You know, and I had some stuff to do before, you know, before bed. I had to get ready, you know, for some of the you know all the stuff we got going on today. And I did that thing last night of turning on the TiVo. I didn't even watch the Oprah thing with Mackenzie Phillips. That's I how busy I was. Either. Well, we're going to cover all that later. Okay, we've got some sound from it, though, right? Lots of it. Because I turned on the TiVo last night, and I looked at the Now Playing section, where it just lists all the things, and I and I just sort of slumped. I just sort of kind of imperceptibly did sort of a... Uh, and just turned it back off and went to bed. There was just no way. There was no way I was going to get caught up. All right. Uh, straight ahead, we have Chester Bennington and Ryan Chuck from Dead by Sunrise. That's the sort of Limp Bizkit sideband. Uh, we're going to talk to those guys here in just a few. Phyllis Smith from The Office coming up later on. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Chad, who uh, bailed out of Survive It and Drive It yesterday, and your shot at Pearl Jam tickets. Be listening. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101. KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. It's a Rick Emerson show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up later on, Phyllis Smith from The Office and John Show. He's in the new show Flash Forward. Of course, he was in Harold and Kumar and he was in Star Trek. Uh, we'll also check in with Chad. He was the uh, latest guy to bail out of the uh, Survive It and Drive It contest yesterday. We'll do some check-ins out there. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on your Thursday morning. Well, we have all kinds of tasty tidbits from the Oprah show with Mackenzie Phillips. <sighs> Talk about her dad love. I don't know that tasty is really the right word for that. But... A new electric car made in Oregon will get 190 miles to a gallon. And more than just cream in your coffee, Everett Barista is in charge with prostitution. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, it's 503. You know, I was going to work blue there for a second, but I've decided to pull back from that precipice. It's 503-228-4101, or you can text at 520-515-2051. They are the singer and guitarist, respectively, for Linkin Park and Orgy. The new album, Out of Ashes, due for release worldwide on October 13th, 2009, uh, from Dead by Sunrise. Chester Bennington and Ryan Shuck joining us now on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Good morning, my friends. How are you on this uh, Thursday? Thanks for having us. We're good. You, oh, man, it's so nice to actually do something in the middle of the day where, you know, um, you're nice and awake and you have the blood flowing to all of your appendages. I'm picking up on your sarcasm. Where you Are you guys... <laughs> I'm assuming you guys are someplace where it is also uh, ungodly early? Uh, yes, we are actually... Uh, we're, they put us... Uh, to, to make it as uncomfortable as possible, they put us on a, on a raft, like a lifeboat, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> So it's sort of rock star life as created by J.J. Abrams. Uh, right. Just watch yeah. out for the polar bear. That's the uh, that's going to be the worst part of the whole thing. You guys are uh, uh, kind of workaholics, though. I can't imagine you sleep a lot as it is. You got I me. Mean, you're writing. You're producing. You're performing. You got like fifteen different bands. 
uh, between you masochists. I, I, I mean, do you ever just feel like you got to start putting away money now for them, you know, to clone yourself later on? Um, yeah, well, you know, I don't know if I don't know if uh, I could handle another one of me wandering around. Um, <laughs> we've, I have thought about it though. I have thought about it. I was like, man, wouldn't it be great just to like have a clone? They can go tour. I could just sit in the studio and write records. That'd be great. <laughs> well, you know, you could. Uh, it could be like Brian Wilson, you know, one of you could just sit at home wearing a fire truck hat and sitting in a sandbox and the other one could go out and sing harmonies, you know, and then uh, exactly. everything's taken care of. You guys have, exactly. are you coming from a bunch of different bands. You come together for, for Dead by Sunrise, but do you, do you just let the music kind of, this sounds like such a corny, a cliche question, but do you let the music just kind of happen naturally or do you deliberately file away ideas that maybe don't work for your, you know, your day jobs and then you figure that's all stuff we can put into a side project? You know, uh, I think in the beginning it kind of was like, okay, I'm right. You know, um, I never intend, intended to go out and do something uh, outside of Lincoln Park. There really is no no need to. You know, I'm in I'm in a, you know, the best band a person could possibly ever imagine being in, and um, and so I was just like, uh, I, I was writing songs, and these songs, you know, they they just didn't feel like they were Lincoln Park songs. Um, Either guys in Lincoln Park liked the songs, and they all felt that they weren't Lincoln Park songs, though. And they they were kind of like, well, maybe you should sell them to other bands, or, you know, um, you know, do something like that. And I was like, I don't know, you know, I don't want to hear somebody else singing this song. And uh, and Ryan, you know, is a very very close friend of mine. He has been for you know the last ten years, and so is Amir. And you know, these guys, you know, hanging out at my house by the pool, like playing songs or whatever at a barbecue, and they're hearing me play these songs, and you know, they're kind of like wondering what the heck's going on. With what are you going to do with that stuff? And I finally just, it, the music was telling me something. It was, it was saying, you know, yeah, this isn't Linkin Park, but it needs to be, it, something has to be done. Cause you know, I think people would like to hear this stuff. I like the idea of, uh, I like the idea of you selling the, the, the songs that their suggestion. I'm picturing you with just sort of like a card table on a Manhattan street going, uh, what do you want? I got your, uh, I got your crawl back in here. I got your, uh, I got your let down. What do you need? I got something for everybody here. Are you guys going to be going on on the road with these as well? Is it going to stay, or is it going to stay kind of a studio uh, production for now? We're definitely going on the road, absolutely. Yeah, we're uh, we've got some we've got a couple uh, small club shows coming up. One in, in Vegas on uh, the first, another in New York um, in like a, a couple weeks. One in uh, L.A. and we're doing some TV uh, like uh, Letterman and Kimmel and that kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to, to going out and playing as many shows as we can. I'm also working on the new Lincoln Park record, so it's kind of tricky um, to figure out, you know, uh, how to book a, uh, book a tour around um, uh, what I'm doing with Lincoln Park. But, I, you know, we really want to go out and, 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 and earn fans the right way by playing shows and having people come to see us that want to see us and, and really you know, hoping that they they like it when they walk out. We're talking to uh, Chester Bennington and Ryan Chuck from uh, Dead by Sunrise. And the, the record, I mean, they started talking about this, what, like 2007, 2008? I mean, it's been been in, been in the pipeline for uh, for a long time. Is that just because there's not enough hours in the day, or do you want to wait until, do you just want to wait until you had the right collection of songs put together? Well, um, the songs wasn't the problem. Um, you know, we, we write songs all the time. You know, that's what we do. Really, what what, uh, what gets in the way is, you know, these other bands we have going on. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell Lincoln Park to, uh, hey guys, I'm working on Dead by Sunrise, so you guys are just going to have to wait till I'm done. Um, you know, uh, we started working on the stuff. Lincoln Park was on hiatus after uh, touring uh, Minutes to Midnight and touring Hybrid Theory. We were on the road and, or in the studio for five, you know five years straight, and we were kind of like, okay, we, we might want to take a couple months off. So that's when we started working on this stuff. 
because um, I don't like sitting around really very much. Uh, and uh, really what happened was, um, you know, we kind of just made this stuff happen uh, during the uh, uh, 2000, end of 2006 or so. And, uh, you know, then I went in the studio with to make Minutes to Midnight. We stopped working on the Dead by Sunrise stuff. Did the Minutes to Midnight tour and, and released that album. And uh, as soon as we came off the road, I was right back in the studio with these guys. And it felt like a good time to go finish the album. The uh, the album Out of Ashes due for release everywhere on Planet Earth, October 13th, uh, 2009. Chester Bennington, Ryan Chuck from uh, Dead by Sunrise. Thank you guys for spending, for, uh, spending some uh, time with us. Good luck on that raft, by the way. No, thank you. All right, thank you guys you. have a great day. Thank you so much. There you go. That is uh, Chester Bennington uh, from Lincoln Park and Ryan uh, Shuck from Orgy. And uh, he's also in the band Julian K. I I think is the band he's in. Uh, it is Rock 101, KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. We return news from Tim Riley coming up next hour. Phyllis Smith from The Office. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week at 7. John Cho from Star Trek at 8 o'clock. In mere moments, and by moments I mean four seconds, Dead by Sunrise. It's The Rick Emerson Show. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101, KUFO. It's The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Coming up in one hour, that is uh, 640, Phyllis Smith from The Office. She was also in Arrested Development, by the way. She was in the uh, Steve Holt is a Bastard episode. Well, you're a tireless interviewer. That's right, Tim. Well, you know, the people are... Entertainment doesn't stop. Just because it's early doesn't mean there aren't ears longing to be amused. Uh, Kelly Clark from Lamont Week will be here at 7 o'clock. John Cho, he was in uh, Star Trek. Harold and Kumar, he's in the new show Flash Forward, um, which looks creepy, by the way. Uh, he'll be on at 8 o'clock, and we'll have uh, Chad, he who, uh, he who failed. He failed to play, and he played to fail. We'll be hanging, Chad. You know, you're I, on I some sort of pun wagon lately. I don't know what it is about. I mean, I'm not disapproving. I'm just saying that's a, uh, that's a thing you've heartily embraced in recent days. By the way, I didn't go with the cream in your coffee uh, joke that I was going to when you were talking about the hooking baristas or whatever the hell it was in, in, in Seattle. Baristas. Didn't you talk about there was like hooker baristas or something? Isn't yes. that what you were saying before the, uh, with the interview? Alleged. Yeah, I had the whole coffee cream thing that I'm going to file away. I'll, uh, I'll use that Feel later. free to use them and call them your own. Put in a, I'm going to put in a little Somebody index card box. Somebody listening at 8 isn't necessarily listening right now. I suppose that's true, Tim. Mm-hmm. You could just recycle that humor. Yes. Uh, Pearl Jam tickets as well sometime today. So sometime between now and 9 a.m. You hear Pearl Jam when you hear it. Uh, be called. This is, by the way, the prompt for everybody to call uh, Greg so he can turn Turn you away coldly and callously and with much malice aforethought. When you hear Pearl Jam, you uh, be caller 10, and uh, he'll turn you away at 503-228-4101. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 541, it's going to cool off a little bit today. Eyes only in the mid-70s. A sweet home family claims their neighborhood pit bull is a bad neighbor killing their horse. The 18-year-old mare was being chased by the vicious killer dog when it flipped over a fence, ran down the street, and was hit by a car. The dog's owner claims this pit bull is a sweet angel. Just misunderstood. All right, well, much as I'm not trying to, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of the fact that the horse ran away and got hit by a car or whatever, but that's a that's a world apart from what that headline first sounded like. When you said a pit bull killed a horse, I was thinking the pit bull was real big, the horse was real small, or they both were the same size and had to live together in some sort of a sitcom. No. Okay. 
A man accused of kidnapping and killing two women in Texas has been arrested in Bend. Mickey Weldon Patterson is charged with first-degree murder and will be extradited back to Lubbock, Texas, where these crimes were committed. In an effort to raise awareness and reach a younger demographic, which we are also trying to do, a public service announcement has some critics saying this may be close to crossing the line of decency, but it's on the television, and maybe Lacey will add it here. Uh, this is a commercial for a PSA for breast cancer. It's trying to get a serious message across to uh, younger folks. Let's give it a listen. So this is a swimming pool. This is compelling. Yes, it is. And there's a fellow (laughs) swimming across the pool. Here's a curvaceous young lady showing her uh, cleavage close up. Another close up. This really crests the line of decency, doesn't it? What, what am I meant to be? I don't understand what's happening here. Oh, it's a, a PSA called Save the Boobs. You realize I can't see anything, right? Because it's, yes, it's radio. It is. I'm going to have to post this. It says, you like them. The boobs. Well, <laughs> now it's time. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that it was that and not like ears of corn. <laughs> and these guys are staring at it. It says, to save the boobs. And it shows a close-up. Breast cancer, the leading cause of cancer death for young women, 20 to 49. Rethink boobs. Oh, and then she pulls up her top. It shows a bumper sticker, save the boobs. What do you mean she pulls up? Was she not? I'm so confused. Was her top down before? Yes, it was. Oh, she was was nude? Well, she was in the pool, yes. But it didn't show it. I think maybe the controversial nature of this was lost on me just now. I suppose so. It's it's one of those failed comedy moments, isn't it? (laughs) Well, should we talk about the new baseball stadium in Beaverton? I suppose it was funny in perhaps ways that we didn't all anticipate. Let's talk about the uh, new stadium in Beaverton. Well, this uh, new baseball stadium in Beaverton could bring in millions of dollars for the city, $75 million a year, and create 400 jobs. This report has been commissioned by the Beaver's owner, Merritt Paulson. Millions of dollars. Come on, Beaverton, what are you waiting for? It might bring in how many millions of dollars? $75 million a year and create 400 jobs. It seems implausible that something that makes $75 million a year would only create 400 jobs. Doesn't that well, seem a little bit on the low side? Well, we side? have to make a profit. This is capitalism. It has oh. to go to, in someone's pocket. More than likely Merritt Paulson's, since say, he's the owner. We have to make a profit. This is capitalism. Unless, of course, you're a guy who wants the people of Beaverton to pay for your uh, sports stadium, in which case it's all right to just have the, uh, just have the tax. 400 jobs. Yes. $75 million. I'm sure that, I'm sure that the... Uh, how many people the streets in... will be paved with gold along the stadium. What's the population of Beaverton? Anybody know? 90,000. How, how many? Maybe 90,000, maybe So there's 400 jobs being created. It's, be, it's going to bring in $75 million a year, allegedly. Right. Uh, which is why they couldn't wait to have it here. $75 million. And yet the other 90,000 people in Beaverton who will not be employed by this but asked to pay for it. I'm sure that they're, I'm sure they're all embracing uh, Merritt Paulson's particular definition. When something similar happened in Seattle, capitalism. they did it. Yeah, but wholeheartedly. You know, but those things happen in Seattle, and then no one goes, and then they have to tear them down. Remember when we went to that uh, Mariners game? We kept asking ourselves, like, who are these people that and have no jobs to like go to? Ants at like one thirty in the afternoon. I cannot even fathom the hours of lost manpower in that city. And they lined up for like fatty food two seconds into the gate. That's right. Oh God! Speaking of fatty food, let's talk for a second, uh, Sarah, about the stench inside the survive it and drive it vehicle. It was pretty stinky. Sometimes you'll hear uh, you'll hear guys talk about when they'll go into a crime scene that's been maybe sitting in the sun for a few days and it has a particularly sickly, sweet, sour kind of smell to it. That really is what's coming out of the uh, the truck at this point. It's um, it's sort of a rotten milk meets sort of a fermented sugar meets lard kind of a thing. You know, and the pizza boxes are turning clear, and like uh, Katie keeps eating all this fish stuff. So it oh. smells like fish and like rotting cheese. 
Were you there when she had the tub of shrimp yesterday? Oh, yes. Yeah, no, she had a tub of shrimp. It was like, uh, what's his name? Barry uh, Funk was there. And she had gone to, there was just a lunch break or something, and she goes to the car. She brings up this big, like, thing of, uh, of shrimp that... Come to think of it, I don't know where she got that. Was that just sitting in her? Was that just sitting in her car? It was in her cooler. Uh, it was in my glove box. So she came back to the table with this like big Tupperware sort of thing of, of shrimp, and I didn't know this. It is really like prison in that all of the like the, the the station folks have to look through any of the food they take into the car with them for fear that they're going to be smuggling like an iPod uh, the back inside a trout. So poor Barry is just having to like uh, thumb. He's having to look through Katie's shrimp. Uh, just to make sure that there's nothing sort of uh, inappropriate hidden in there. And what's hidden in there that's inappropriate is just this goddamn stench that I'm. Uh, you could probably smell like three, four, five miles away. You know, somebody with kids is used to that. Yeah. You know, and that, she's not even the one with the kid name. What do they call it? Uh, Booger Jessica's Man. kid? Booger Man? Yeah. All right. It's no wonder Same she with could a cape flying out, outlast that Chad guy. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, anyway... We should do a penis watch right now if we have time. Should we? Should we, we do. Here's we do. Penis watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. A man's penis is saved after a do-it-yourself enhancement goes bad. This comes to us from Newport Beach, California, where this shouldn't happen. Because I'm, I, I mean, physical deformities are corrected with, you know, 99 cent coupons down there. Authorities are calling it a case of do it yourself male enhancement gone awry. A local man has been hospitalized after a metal dumbbell ring, a metal dumbbell ring became stuck on his penis. The unidentified man was reportedly trying to elongate his organ. But instead, the ring cut off circulation, causing the organ to swell five times its normal uh, size. And then a, it turned black. Not, not and this sexy is one way. on a white man. Uh, <laughs> this is according to a published report. The man has been hospitalized in Newport Beach. I'd like some, uh, I'd like some penile enhancement, please. Can you just turn this part of me black? Uh, the ring had been stuck uh, below the belt as, for as much three days. This happened three days. And the man initially resisted treatment. Really? Why would you possibly resist treatment if your penis had turned black? This was a patient who was having some issues, says <laughs> the think? police chief. The man described as middle-aged. What do you mean the barbell was stuck around it, though? I know. I, I, Maybe your definition of barbell differs from mine, but I don't A barbell's a thing that's... It, it has a hole in the middle. Yeah, but it's a, but it look it's like a uh, it's like a, like a like a one of those stick piercings with the you know the the, the two things on the end. I mean, yes. it's not a circle. In other words, it's like how would that be wrapped around something? That is weird, isn't it? Uh, the man is described as middle aged eventually relented and allow the city urban rescue experts to remove the ring in a two hour, uh, uh, let's say a two hour ultra delicate procedure. Using a chisel that sent sparks flying around the operating room. <laughs> I'm sorry, you may notice some open flame near your penis. We apologize for any inconvenience. Uh, but uh, once it was done, the uh, penis was fully intact. So I, I guess it'll soak it in water. Oh, it's willing to go down. Uh, so I don't understand this. So he has a barbell. That he, is there a picture of said barbell? Yes. Looks like an ordinary barbell right, that you found. You find this in any gym. May I see this? Thank you. It'd fit on any I, penis, uh, I suppose. Uh, okay, I don't understand. It says here the the, uh, the man was reportedly trying to elongate metal dumb. Okay, a metal dumb. Oh wow! I now it's all so clear to me now. Now it, I understand. Stretching. 
It's okay. When you said it was like a dumbbell barbell thing, I thought it was oh, the uh, oh I know I thought it was the altogether where it was yeah. the bar with then the two um you know the two weights on either end of it. So right. it, you know so it looks like a capital I on its side. Right. That's what I thought you were talking okay, about. Okay. No, now, no 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 no. Now we have this clear. You all who've been to the gym, you know what I'm talking about. What he had is he had one of the round weight plates that right. you put on one you, end. You put on the bar and then you put the screw in it, tighten it. Yeah, one of the round little pancake plates that goes on the end of it. Right. He had inserted his member. It seems like it would work. Oh, through man. the opening, mm-hmm. and then he was he doing sort stuck. of a kind of a Mister Lifto from the Jim Rose Circus sideshow thing. Then it became stuck, and then it turned black, and it was swelling five times its normal size. I'm sure we'll hear a commercial for this process at any uh, mm-hmm. at any time. Well, there you go. The man's days con- will come back from the dead. <laughs> the man's condition isn't known, but Jones said. Uh, it appeared that he remained fully intact. Says, quote, I know rescuers felt what they had to do. They did it effectively using H. Oh, and there's video of it, too. You know what? I'm, it doesn't matter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn that. I'm going to fold this right now. I don't want to watch that. I'll go look for the video. No, I'm just going to put this away. There's your penis watch for uh, less said about that. There's your penis watch for Thursday. Look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. One of my deepest regrets is that we had the guys who sing this in the studio that time, and we never realized it until it was too late. Ah, the things I do over. Let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll catch up. Here's Tim Riley. So even Colorado admits it at this point. It looks like we will end up getting an Obama health care bill. Legislation along the lines sent by the president is moving slowly through the Senate Finance Committee where Republicans are so far unable to force any significant changes, and the Democrats have yet to try. But additional challenges are certain as Senator Max Baucus of Montana tries to shepherd the measure through the panel chairs toward a final vote this fall in the full Senate. Other committee members want to ease cuts in future payments to hospice, home health care, and other service providers under Medicare. That is a key source of funding for the legislation. Republicans have sought unsuccessfully to wipe out or reduce an estimated $500 billion in Medicare savings, and the legislation on a day consumed largely with politically charged sparring of the giant health care program for seniors. Uh, Representative Pat Roberts, a Republican from Kansas, said the bill is paid for by cutting, maybe a better word, slashing Medicare by $500 billion. So uh, we're going to get something, and it's coming to an end. So he's upset about the fact that we're going to be having government health care because the money's going to be coming from government health care. Yeah. All right. There you go. Straight ahead, we have more news. Socialism from... begets socialism. That's right, Tim. Uh, coming up next hour, we have Phyllis Smith from The Office who will join us. Uh, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week at 7 o'clock with food porn. I've asked her to tailor a food porn specifically for the poor souls still trapped inside the uh, Dodge at Dick Hanna Dodge part of our Survive it and Drive It uh, contest. We'll have that next hour as well. Stay there. We are live from downtown Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. Well, that's interesting. Somebody told me the court and fat boy didn't have to be there until 7 a.m. this morning. But you're saying they're there now. You're saying they got up an earlier, an hour earlier than they have to. <laughs> Beat the, the traffic. They were not. Well, that's right. As Sarah said, they're game day players. They are game day players. Catching the uh, the early worm and all.
And they should, I hope they're shaking that truck or something right now because I still see the two girls sleeping peacefully. Yeah, what was that? It just seemed to be long periods of nothing happening on the overnight. You know, and after I went to all the trouble of playing that dental drill noise for, like, uh, I don't know, a good uh, 20, 25 minutes yesterday. Nothing bothers them. It's 503. Well, we'll see about that. It's 503. Greg and I are back out there today. We should also note that if you uh, go to rickemerson.com right now, A, the fail sickle graphic is up, which is awesome. That's from uh, listener Eric. I don't know why. It's simple, but it's well rendered and it makes me smile. And that's what counts in this life. Uh, isn't that great? See, I mean, there's something there's something really simple and beautiful about that. It's I'm, perfect. That's a beautiful graphic design. And the, and the guy's just got such a goofy expression on his face all the time. Not the listener, Eric, but the, the guy, Chad, who uh, who bailed out yesterday. So I'll put that up on Facebook here in a second. But you can see that at rickemerson.com. Also at rickemerson.com, you can watch video footage of Sarah and Greg listing off graphic symptoms of sexually transmitted diseases to the various occupants of the truck yesterday. Uh, that, as well as just a thing I call sound hell, which is a collection of, it's just a sample of what the noises are around the vehicle. Uh, later on today, I will post this third thing you guys were doing, which was reciting true blood dialogue back and forth with with the aid of two megaphones. <laughs> I have tried for decades to begin of a day, uh, which has just reached such levels of, of wonderful glory that I can't even really explain it. You just have to see it. So that's going to come up here in a bit. It's 503-228-4101. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland, 605. Now expect highs today only in the mid-70s. The Fantasy Adult Video Store of Clackamas is the latest establishment in that neck of the woods to be robbed by a guy with a knife. He's on a one-man crime spree. He hit Milwaukee's Radio Shack. Payless Shoe in Oregon City. Denny's on Southeast 82nd. All the hot spots in that area. This in a period of two hours. Pastures have caused $5,000 in damage at Malala High School. Ten teenagers chopped down two cherry trees, and uh, then they damaged a big fir tree, destroyed parking signs, spray-painted school property, and tipped over a cement mixer. Some will be tried as adults. Well, Mackenzie Phillips' sexual affair with her dad is splitting the family. Some are for it, some are against it. She was on Oprah yesterday. Yes? I'm sorry. What do you mean Who summer for, for it? it? I, don't, I don't have names, but it has split the family. Was there a straw poll at some camps. point? Apparently so. They Look, we can either send Mackenzie to summer camp or she can have sex with her father uh, for a few months. What do we say? One, two, three, four. I guess we'll have to flip for it. He was only 65 when he died. John Phillips. So he must have had vigorous activity. Well, I was going to say there's something oh, that kept gross. his... There's He had some amount of cardio going on, I think, for, for many years. Something to keep his heart rate up. So now it's it's time for a book for breakfast as McKinsey Phillips reads uh, some installments. I'm sorry, I wasn't aware that we were going to have our, uh, our book club. Where did our book club music go? Didn't we have book club music, Sarah? Yeah, I know you uh, brought it over with uh, us. Wait, hold on a second. Give me just one second. Tim, let's see if I can find this. Because if I can accompany this, no, I don't have it. The Rick Emerson's book club music appears to have vanished. I'm sorry, go ahead. All right, well, we'll come back to it later. McKinsey Phillips talks about having sex with her dad. Oh, wait a minute here. I, I muted this. Mackenzie Phillips talks about having sex with her dad. I woke up that night from a blackout to find myself having sex with my own father. I don't remember how it started or thankfully how it ended. Was it the first time? Had this happened before? I didn't know and I still don't. All I can say is that it was the first time I was aware of it. For a moment, I was in my body, in that horrible truth. And then I slid back into a blackout. Don't use the word slid. Your father is supposed to protect you, not you. 
Wow! Wow! Oh my God in heaven! <laughs> that was dramatic, and the the music ended right on time too. Yeah, the only other you thing hit, I had was you hit, the. Uh, you hit the post. This is the only other. The other one was a lot better. This is the only Are thing. Are you? I had. No, I'm not kidding. We need to listen. I we need to hear that again. All right, but let me we try. To, let me try the second bed here. Okay, Hold on a second. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, now I've got Sarah. Which do you suppose would be? Uh, which do you suppose would be better? I've got. Uh, I've got this uh, here. I've got. Uh, this is sort of bed number two here. Maybe Lacey could make this into a thirty-second PSA. I've got, or I've got. Oh, I like the Ding Dong song better. All right, all right. Let's see here. Okay, Tim, go ahead and. Wow, you know, I, okay. That lady's all kind of... Crazy. I really wasn't anticipating that. I mean, even knowing the content of the story, were you prepared for it no. to go out on that kind of a tag? No. All right, uh, ladies and well, gentlemen. we wanted to start out with a bang. Once a, and end with one, apparently. <laughs> yeah, morning show. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, once again, Tim Riley. Ladies and gentlemen, Mackenzie Phillips on having sex with her dad. I woke up that night from a blackout to find myself having sex with my own father. I don't remember how it started or thankfully how it ended. Was it the first time? Had this happened before? I didn't know and I still don't. All I can say is that it was the first time I was aware of it. For a moment, I was in my body, in that horrible truth, and then I slid back into a blackout. Your father is supposed to protect you, not I think that makes a great... That makes a great 30-second PSA. I think I'm going to make that into a bumper sticker. Uh, you know, just so everybody else can be aware of her truth. All right. Well. Well, it's a good tagline. Knowing is, is half the battle, Tim. I'm sorry. Like, just to go back in the first part of that statement, like, that's, a, that's full of lies. Like, like she can't full tell if she's, if she's having the sex with somebody. Well, I, That's uh, something, I'm sorry. As a woman, you can tell if, it, you know, that... You can tell if someone has his, has, has a, his member um, within your body. Well, I guess she can tell now. You're uh, you're aware of that? I'm saying, so I've heard. So I've heard. Well, maybe she was young. Maybe she thought it was like a toothache or something, and nobody would explain the difference to her. This text says, hey, wow, I didn't see that sound by coming. I almost drove off the road. So there you go. I, uh, well, maybe he had been responsible for her sexual education early on, and he... Uh, he didn't want her to learn about it on the street. No, I... But I'm saying maybe he didn't. Maybe he gave her some alternate explanation. Look, I'll put it like th- th- this. Um, oh no, no, no! What? What are you going to say? No, no, no! I'm just going to say uh, Lara has this friend who just to sort of amuse her. Th- 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 by the way, this doesn't end with like your father isn't supposed to f you. Um, Lara has this friend who just to amuse herself, she's raising her daughter, and she taught the. Do- I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Lara has a friend, and she raised the daughter to think that horses were cows and cows were horses. So now the kid is like seven. And so now whenever you're driving along and they'll see, you know, you see some, like, you're, you know, you're driving through the country or something, you see some horses in a pasture, the daughter goes, hey, look, they're cows. And her friends will go, no, 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 ho- those are horses. And the, the, the girl goes, no, 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 those are, those are cows. And the mom just did it just to see if she could, you know, just to see if she could alter the kid's perception of the world. Maybe it was... Why did uh, she do that? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I think really because when you, when you realize you're going to have a kid, you suddenly uh, then are aware that you've got 18 years of uh, life-sucking soullessness ahead of you. So you've got to do something to sort of, you know, you know just make it interesting for you. Maybe it was like that, but it wasn't cows and horses uh, so much as it was, again, um, like, what's this? Well, it's putting on a shoe. 
but it's not really that so much as it is uh, the sexing. Wasn't this was this the same interview where she talked about how he was he was getting her all smacked up with heroin? We'll get to that later. And I think she oh. now wait a minute, but was this before after she had relations with Mick Jagger? Who we'll said, get quote, to that later. Too. I've been waiting for this since you were twelve. That's further down the ten, list. Rick. Ten. Ten. Sorry, sorry. I'm that would be ten. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Should I have another one? Or I, I, I don't know. Do we can, go can out on that? Handle two and yeah. one newscast? Let's do, let's do one more here. All right. So, Mackenzie Phillips says her relations with her dad were consensual, and they should be talked about openly. This went on for from the time you were 18 to, really, for about 10 years, right? Until you were 18 till about 29. That's correct. Um, I just want to establish the fact that it went on for a very long time. Yes, it became a consensual relationship over time and i know that i can't be the only one this has happened to nobody's talking about this and someone needs to put a face on not only non-consensual incest yeah but consensual incest because i know it exists which is the better kind i don't think what is wrong with her and i don't think anybody needs I want to be the face of consensual incest <laughs> can see it across, a bumper sticker across her forehead consensual incest is that like an I am Spartacus kind of a thing? <laughs> I am consensual incest. I want to start a band called Consensual Incest, you bastards. I'm calling that out today. That's mine. I've, I've, I'm trademarking that. It's just she's so aggressive about it. Seriously. Everyone, I know there are other people like me. I have tried for decades. To, I don't think that uh, we should totally act out all stories as Bill and Sookie from now on. Can we read passages from Mackenzie's uh, new book? Yes, we should. Yes. Uh, wait, hold on. Do we have Do we have that story where John Phillips was talking about how we could move to how we could move to another country where that sort of lifestyle is, is accepted? We'll get that. We'll do it as Bill and Sookie later on. Okay. We should. That should be our bit. Like, Auto tune the news, but it'll just be like it'll just be like True Blood the news. Good God Almighty! All right, we got plenty more. Oh God, the listener says the first clip where she woke up in the throes of passion with Dad. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was the night before she got married. So that wasn't yes. when she was a teenager, that, or she might have been a teenager, but she was, uh, in other words, not a child. That was the night before her wedding night. So the first time she had, I cannot even believe these words are leaving well, my yeah, mouth. She claims to remember. Well, the dad didn't think he'd be able to find the time afterwards. <laughs> Your honeymoon goes for weeks, and then it's nothing but work, work, work. D- don't women have something similar to a bachelor party, like before they get married? Yeah, I don't think it involves dad effing most of the time. But I mean, you know, look, well, I'm not a woman. In this case. I don't, I don't have, I don't have breasts, so I don't know. Sarah, you were just a Wenatchee. No. Okay. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Thank you for, uh, thank you for joining us. It's also wrong. Coming up later on in the hour, we'll talk to Phyllis Smith from the office. Herself, no stranger to awkwardness. Oh God, Belly- you're going to say something else. <laughs> No, no, no. There's only one face of consensual incest at a time. And then it's like and then it's like being a mason. That person has to die before you can get the mantle. <laughs> Kelly Clark from Alignment Week coming <laughs> coming up at 7 o'clock. John Joe from uh, Star Trek and Harold and Kumar coming up at 8. And uh, Chad, uh, alias Failsickle, he'll be coming up uh, in the uh, 8 o'clock hour. Plus, Court and Fatboy uh, from Survive It and Drive It Live at Dick Hannah Dodge. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone. As a rock star, you know, I was being a rock star in the music through Lump Biscuit, the rock star. The Rick Emerson Show returns. 
It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. I think I speak for everybody when I say. It's 503-228-4101. If you would like to uh, engage with us telephonically today, you can also text at 520-5151. Or you can email Rick at rickemerson.com. In mere moments, we will speak to Gordon Fatboy there at uh, Dick Hanna Dodge, the corner of Fourth Plant and Automall Drive in Vancouver for KUFO's Survive It and Drive It Contest. And we've got an explanation, by the way. We'll let them uh, uh, sort of give us the details on this. I think we have an explanation as to why it's been fairly sedate uh, on the overnight. Uh, Tim Riley's tracking the following stories on your Thursday morning. But, you know, if they want to become a 24-hour city like Seattle, as they say they're almost as big as Seattle, they have to stay up all night and let people do as they please, like they do in Seattle. Seattle. Does Vancouver the, actually say that? Yeah, Vancouver tries to become the second Seattle. Really? Do they say that? Is there a, a rim shot that accompanies that? Does somebody follow the mayor behind and just sort of... Remember what started that last year when they were selling Portland coffee cups at the Vancouver Starbucks? And Vancouver's mayor says, Vancouver needs to get more respect. We're almost the second biggest city in Washington state. Yes, you've almost overtaken Spokane. Truly a worthy goal for any town. Okay, well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, go out to Vancouver with this glorious introductory sounder. Rock 101 KUFO's Survive It and Drive It Update. Live from Decana Dodge in the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Gordon Fatboy from the Gordon Fatboy Show uh, on site. So what is the deal with... So Jesse and Jessica and Katie are asleep in the truck, or they were asleep anyway the last time I checked, because there wasn't a lot of noise being made on the overnight. So as the young people say, what is up with that? Uh, well, the problem is that uh, we were making too much noise, and uh, too many people in the area started complaining, uh, and the cops were called in, and the cops actually said to the promo staffers who were here, uh, turn it off or I'm, I'm taking you in. Uh, they were going to arrest our promo staffer if they continued to make as much noise as they were, so turned it down, just put on the station, and ever since, the ladies have been able to sleep comfortably in, uh, in, in the truck. You know, this is... This what if just... they bring in some mimes? <laughs> There's just no, there's no work ethic anymore. You know, this could have been our own personal Beatles rooftop performance moment. This could have been like that thing in where the streets have no name or whatever, where the, you know, where the, the Bono is uh, taken down by the man. But instead, the street teamer, no, they just yield, they give in, they buckle, they fold. That's fine. Should whatever. should anyone really be getting arrested over this though? If you stop and think about it, do you, do we really want that on our conscience? Wait, hold on. Let's take a quick poll. Sarah. Yes. Tim. Yes. Greg. Absolutely. Yes. It looks like one of the girls <laughs> has shaved her head. <laughs> what really? That's just a really tight ponytail. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, I'm sorry. I thought maybe it was just some, some, head. like a, some sort of a like a prophylactic method against uh, you know lice or something. Some it looked like a preventative like measure. Beef vendetta. That, that <laughs> scene when they cut off all her hair. <laughs> the so uh, the the noise ordinance goes until when? So the noise was stifled until it's not like all the time though, right? Basically, from here on out, for the entirety of the contest, which looks like it's going to go the full two weeks, because neither one of these girls is interested in competing against the other. They're just content to sit there like blobs until the two weeks is over and we do the uh, the computer voting. Um, from here until the end of this contest, uh, from 10 o'clock till 7 a.m., uh, we can't do anything. Okay, so it's 7 a.m., so that's... You're really oh, so looking... that's only in 32 minutes. Yeah, you're looking at the glasses being one-third quiet. Really, the, uh, the upside here is that in 32 minutes, the tournament can begin anew. And I'm just going to play just the time tiniest bit of something. This is what I was playing yesterday. Our good friend Aaron Duran put this together. Tim, you'll want to uh, Tim, you'll want to avoid this. You'll want to take off your headphones for a moment. I will. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just uh, let's see here. Oh, 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 oh. 
Now, later on, there's a baby that begins crying, uh, and then uh, I think at one point there's sort of a gurgling sound, so that's altogether awful. And I think that probably would have snapped their brains like dry twigs because they looked very uncomfortable, except it would have killed all of us in the process because it was making everybody at the table shift back and forth very uh, uncomfortably. Uh, yeah. So, Court Fatboy, you guys are uh, out there. Does anything else, um, is anything else springing to mind in terms of the general tone of it or the, the stench of it? Well, no, well, no. There's, there's nothing happening at all right now. However, I, I will say, you know, simply because we can't have the speaker blaring, you know, uh, circus music and and uh, dentist drills all night long, uh, we can. I, I would imagine have people come down here and shout at them. I mean, it, it's just a matter of the the sound carrying into the into the neighborhood. But if you want to come down here and menace them, uh, you know, just right next to the window, there's. Nothing stopping you from doing that. What about this? So, what if you had a guy who maybe like a Lebowski-looking guy, you know, guy, filthy, you know, ratty beard, maybe in a trench coat of some kind? What if he just came down with a knife? I mean, nothing, you know, that's, uh, you know, nothing that's too large. A knife, and then maybe just sort of like licked it up and down real slowly while staring at them. Sure. Uh, Not yeah, actually so engaging in any violent behavior, you understand. So right. wrong. And, and so long as he keeps his clothes on. I actually had uh, somebody on the, the text box yesterday ask if they could come down here and show him his tiny wiener. Uh, and I had to say no. Are absolutely you? not. There was a pack uh, of uh, dudes there yesterday um, that were totally hitting on Jessica. You could tell there's like, hey, you go win that truck. And like, oh, they were the, shirtless uh, and stuff. They are. You can see those guys. Uh, they are actually in the video. If you go to rickemerson.com, they're in the video I put up called Sound Hell. That is just the sort of, you know, it's just the, like a, just the cavalcade of noise captured in film. Those three guys, one of whom was shirtless and covered and in what appeared to be prison tattoos. Toothless. It looked like he was made out of jerky, yes. but like a human jerky uh-huh. sort of a thing. Uh, yeah, and they were big fans of her. And then, uh, and then she got bored and they moved on to Katie. I think out of necessity. But I, but, but they were, um, yeah, they were lingering around. Boy, the, the odor those guys put off. It was a, it was a bad, bad smell. How much food is piled up in there? I don't. I saw the boxes on the dashboard yesterday. I mean, are they able to keep the garbage all in one place? Uh, yeah, the garbage is still mostly confined to the uh, to the dash of the truck. Um, the other suggestion uh, we were coming up with here uh, on site is that um, we need to get them out of the back seat. I don't know why this hasn't happened already, why we're letting them just sprawl out and get a half of a car each. So um, we're thinking we need to move all of the garbage into the back seat. And as a matter of fact, um, due to a lot of the cans here on the lot being full, take the garbage can that is right underneath our KUFO tent and go ahead and empty that into the back seat as well so that there's no way they can lay down or stretch out, and the entire back of the truck is filled to the roof with trash. All See, right. and they, they should have to sit next to each other, too. Like, it's BS yeah. that they, they... I mean, I'm sitting here watching them right now. They don't even have to look at each other. That's not uncomfortable. It's just them they sitting in be allowed seats. to talk. They shouldn't be allowed to talk back to people coming up and tormenting them, honestly. They this should sh- have to be silent for the rest of this thing. This is like the Beat It video. We should lash them together at the wrist uh, somehow, <laughs> or like a, like a kooky sort of uh, buddy cop film or something. Excellent. Well, yeah. the other thing we need is is uh, your friend Crazy Joe or whatever the, the guy that came down yesterday afternoon with yes. the penny whistle and was uh, was blowing it in their ears for the better part of an hour and a half. Uh, I, I couldn't even listen to the stream because it was so irritating. Yeah. I can't imagine what it would be like in the truck. Yeah, so. we had a listener we, who. Yeah, I, he came by to root for Chad, strangely enough. By the time he got there, Chad had already bailed. But in a way, it's like Chad never left because he just, he, he was like, well, how can I help? And we just said on a whim, we're like, I don't know, could you play an instrument? He goes, I got a penny whistle in my car. And we were like, go, go get that right now. So awesome. That, that reminds me, you guys have been sort of rough on Chad. And I'd like to, uh, I'd like to uh, object to that. Because how can you really clown a dude who uh, is told, hey, you want to go hang out with your friends? And he goes, well, instead of hanging out in a truck with these two blob people, in, a, in full of trash, 
um, yeah, I think I'll go hang out with my friends. How could you clown that? That's I don't think it's... He is a fellow blob person. Like, he, he was in yeah, there I with know. the trash I don't know if you took a good long yeah, look at that guy. Yeah, that's a... That's a that's a man with his own gravitational pull. I no, it's I'm, not that, I'm just saying you can't clown him for that decision. You can't I wasn't, clown him for that decision. I wasn't doing that. I think my only thing was like we were pushing him because he played hard, so we play hard back. I mean that's uh, that's kind of our thing on on Chad. Well, he's going to be on later today. His decision. He's going to be on uh, in the eight o'clock hour today, so we'll get to to find out more about him. There you go. That's uh, Court and Fat Boy. They are live at uh, Vancouver Automall, the corner of Fourth Plain and uh, Automall Drive. Coming up next, Phyllis Smith from the Office. Seven o'clock. Kelly Clark from the Willamette. Stay right there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Go nowhere. Rock 101 KUFO, survive it and drive it. From Dick Hanna Dodge and the giant Vancouver Automall. Who will win a Dodge Ram truck? Thanks to Domino's, Lazy Boy Furniture, Jackson's Food Stores, and 7-Up. Broadcasting in ADHD. Let's just remember to scream until Daddy stops. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Uh, 8 o'clock, John Show from Star Trek, Hilden Kumar as well, and he's in that new show, uh, Flashback. And coming up as well in the 8 o'clock hour, we'll talk to Chad, he who pulled the ripcord yesterday on the Survive It and Drive It contest around 2.13, 2.14, something in the afternoon, and, uh, and bailed. So we will uh, have Chad with us in the 8 o'clock hour. In just one moment, we will talk to Phyllis Smith from The Office. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines on your Thursday morning. Attention, people in Beaverton. If you let them build a baseball park there... They'll employ 400 of you, and Beaverton will make $75 million a year. Will the rest of them be able to opt out of paying the taxes sufficient to cover the cost of that stadium, Tim? Well, no. Damn. No. no. Damn, damn. Uh, Joe Francis pleads guilty in his Girls Gone Wild case. And uh, we're going to talk about, I guess all three of these have something in common. Mick Jagger, Mackenzie Phillips, John Phillips, and Mayonnaise. Is this? And a tuna sandwich. Please stop. It's 503-228-4101. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. You can sit here on The Office as the character of Phyllis, and that's going to be going into... Uh, you'll be able to see basically all the time, constantly. There will uh, there will effectively be no end to The Officing. It'll be Monday through Friday on uh, Fox PDX 49. That is a cable channel 13. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, the one and only Phyllis Smith. Hi, Phyllis. How are you on this fine Thursday? Good morning to y'all. How y'all holding up to the, this morning? Uh, I myself, uh, I'm in a perfectly fine mood, but that might just be because of the massive amount of chemicals in my body. I, I can't really say definitively. Uh oh, I don't want to know. TMI. Let's well, so, see. So we'll just uh, we'll call that a uh, we'll call that just a little bit of a tease there. I won't uh, I won't go into the sort of details. I have to ask before we do anything else. You have been in. Uh, yeah, obviously the office and forty year old virgin, and then you were also on Arrested Development. Do you ever get to a place as an actress where you think like, oh, the the streak has the streak has gone on for quite some time now. I've had one great project after another, and then every script that comes across your desk fills you with trepidation. No, no, no. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to more. Um, I, I I I feel like I'm just beginning my career, so. Uh... No, I'm just hoping that it all continues. I'd like to do this till I'm on a walker or more, you know? <laughs> the the character of Phyllis is such a such a textured character. So, I mean, this is one of the things that sets the office apart. I mean, you know, obviously it was it was a hallmark of the British series and then the American version as well, that the characters which could very easily be 
one note. They could very easily be cliches. They're not. There's a great amount of uh, there's a great number of facets to the characters with Phyllis especially. And was that apparent to you when you first uh, read the script? When you first were were analyzing the character? You know what? Absolutely. For me, I had one line in the pilot. Had no idea what direction. Um, that the character was going to go, and we we really don't know until we sit down at the table reads. Uh, each week we have a table read with it where we you know all get together and read the script, and that's where we find out different directions of our character, and and then and then we're lucky because the writers and the producers allow us to play with each character. You know, I mean, I I never knew that I was going to get married, and and that I had this uh, toward love affair with Bob Vance of Vance Refrigeration. You know, and how we. Um, take advantage of any bathroom that we see along the way. Um, did you not see the Valentine's episode? Oh, no, I did. I was actually oh, okay, just... My, okay, okay. No, no, no. My, I was actually just laughing because my wife and I were talking about this last night, actually. We were talking about the character of Phyllis and how... This goes back to the layering, how Phyllis is... I say as though I, as though I, you know, as though I'm inside the character in some way, but it seems like Phyllis has these multiple levels going on. Where on, on the one hand, there is almost this strangely maternal vibe going on, and as you said, a very, um, let's call it a very uh, passionate, life-loving vibe, especially yeah. when there's a, a restroom. But then there's also there's also a little bit of spikiness, a little bit of snarkiness that is under the surface and sometimes on the surface. You know, got to keep it fresh. Uh, you have to find. Um... I think my true colors as a person are coming out. No, did I say that live? No, no. Um, I, there is a lot of me within Phyllis. So, um, you know, I have the ability to be uh, kind and gentle. And at the same time, don't cross me out, you know, cut you off at the knee. You should put that on your uh, resume. That should just be the thing you put on your business card. Not as the character, just as you. You just don't cross me or I will break you. Yeah, right. Exactly, and also, you know, I, but I, I think it's part of the the love of, for the office is that people can identify. You know, you like you say, oh, I have that kind of person in my office. She's a real little, you know, snarkle puss, or uh, she's a biatch, or, or um, wow. you can you can identify with it. So it's part of the, the love fest that's currently going on with us is that you know we're just real people. Well, on the. Uh... On the the snarkopus tip, I have to ask: Is do, are Phyllis's traits from your uh, point of view? Are they drawn from anybody you have known in real life, or is that a thing that you just sort of created whole cloth? Uh, I, I basically, um, I think I draw it from me, from my own person, my own my own cloth. Uh, no, I know like some of our characters, some of the they they've known people like that. Like Angela has a. Uh, someone in her past that she draws a lot of her character traits from that she can identify with. Um, I basically just try to look at the line and, and try to give it a couple of different flavors and and then let the editors and the writers choose which direction mm-hmm. they want to take her. We're talking to uh, Phyllis Smith from uh, The Office. This is a thing that you see all the time, especially in certain kinds of films where they'll show the gag reel or the outtake reel where people, you know, they, they blow a take somehow or they, somebody get, gets a case of the giggles and they're not able to go on. And even though The Office has um, a lot of wry sensibility and there's a lot of deadpan or at least very um, it's very uh, sort of a subtle um, humor going on, there are moments in that show where I cannot even, I'm just as a viewer, I lose my composure and I cannot imagine how you get a scene 
finished. Uh, there was uh, the the first one that comes to mind. I, I think is just there was a, the episode where uh, where it ends up with with Dwight cutting open the 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 CPR doll with his knife to pull out her heart or something. And I just oh. I remember just oh. sitting on the couch and just saying, "How do they even finish this show? Do you Wait. find it difficult to get through takes?" Yes, I have. I have found a little trick though. After six years, um, I hold my breath. Um, there was a scene in when I was married where uh, Steve and I, where Michael and I, when he was talking about me expelling gas, where he could not say the word. Every time he said the word pungent, we both would just like break out into laughter, and and we could hear the people laughing in the hallway, the sound guys. So the only way I could absolutely get through that scene was to just, like, hold my breath and hopefully that we made it through before I fainted because um, it, it, that's the most – and if that's the most difficult part of my job, I've got a pretty pretty cool job, don't I? Absolutely. You know what? Here's the thing, Nessie. Now I have to go back and I have to watch all the episodes again to see if I can spot you holding your breath. Your secret is out, Phyllis. We're on to you. And then makeup has to step in to make sure I'm not blue and red. You know. <laughs> Phyllis Smith from The Office. Uh, it airs now in syndication Monday through Friday on uh, Fox PDX 49 Cable Channel 13. Um, Phyllis, the uh, best of continued success in, in life and art and all things. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Thank you, you old narcopus, you. All right, that's, uh, that's Phyllis Smith. There you go. I just want to hug her. Seriously, you, don't you, just, you want her to be your mom or like a cool aunt maybe. She's kind of got like a, uh, like seems a... like a kooky aunt that would make you like, um, I don't know, like embroidered things for Christmas. She seems, yes, she does. And cookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, and cookies with like the little half cherries in the middle. She seems like the real life person that Edie McClurg uh, would play. And if I'm Edie McClurg, who is sort of my, uh, my go-to for that template, I like her. I like the cut of Phyllis's jib. I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to go back and watch all of those again. It's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we will talk to Kelly Clark from Willamette Week, John Cho from Star Trek, Heldon Kumar, and the new show Flash Forward uh, with us as well. In the 8 o'clock hour, Chad, who uh, bailed out of Survive It and Drive It yesterday. We'll check in with Court and Fatboy. They're on location at uh, Dick Hanna Dodge, where the noise can begin again in 10 minutes. Huh. And news from Tim Riley. Stay there. We're live from Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503 228 4101. 503 228 or 101. Don't forget, at some point between now and 9 a.m., you're going to hear the magical dulcet tones of Paul Stanley. When you hear Paul Stanley sometime between nine uh, now and 9 a.m., you be uh, call at 10 at 503-228-4101, and you can win yourself a pair of tickets to see KISS as the uh, KISS Alive 35 tour comes to the Rose Garden November 17th. Tickets go on sale this Saturday, the 26th, 10 a.m., but uh, you will have a chance to win a pair before you can buy them. When you hear Paul Stanley sometime during today's program, you be uh, Collar Town, that is Kiss and Buck Cherry. Come here, I had a weird Paul Stanley dream last night, come to think of it. I think it's because I was working on the Paul Stanley sounder before I went to sleep. And I had some strange dream where I was at Madison Square Garden, but it was filled with trees. And then Paul Stanley was on stage, you know, and he was just doing his, like, people thing for no reason. It make any sense at all. Coming up at uh, 720, we're going to talk to Court and Fatboy. They are on location at uh, the Surviving and Drive It contest, which is continuing right now at Dick Hanna Dodge, corner of 4th Plain and Automall Drive. 
Now it's 7.03, which means they can once again be making noise out there, right? Tackle them now. Yes, ah, yes, right. go out there. So I guess the noise ordinance kicked in and we weren't able to make any sounds from 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. Uh, but you can get your jeer on once again uh, as daylight hours are upon us. Kelly Clark will be here with a very special installment of Food Porn coming up at 7.20 as well. 8 o'clock, John Show from the new show Flash Forward. Of course, he was also in Star Trek. And uh, in the 8 o'clock hour, we will speak with Chad who uh, quit like a big quitting quitty guy uh, yesterday. And uh, in the meantime, this is Tim Riley at the News Desk. In the News with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 703. Expect highs today only in the mid-70s. Five baristas working at an Everett Bikini coffee stand are charged with engaging in prostitution while on the clock. The gals at the grab-and-go are charged with groping, exposing their bosoms and privates, also licking whipped cream off each other. Well, I guess there's some camaraderie going on there. All for it's the money. Team-building exercise. It's a real value meal for some. You can only uh, you can only do that thing where you fall backward off a chair and your office mate catches you for so long. You know what I mean? So uh, let's get back to this. Uh, well, the Mackenzie Phillips incest tour is now underway. She was on Oprah yesterday. Are we I done guess... with the coffee-licking baristas already? Yes. Uh, really? Can well, we go it's, back? it's time to move on to incest. Can we go back? Well, it always is, Tim. Can we go back to it later? I sure. wish we could make a consensual incest jingle. Like whenever we're going Is to that like the Mackenzie sexual harassment panda? Consensual incest jingle. Hello. Sorry? Well, apparently uh, John Phillips wanted to take a little break from uh, spending time with his daughter. And uh, handed things over to Mick Jagger at some point. Yes, while the mom was in the Papa's star, uh, left the bedroom to go make himself a tuna fish sandwich. The California Dreaming star left the rocker alone with his 18-year-old daughter in Jagger's apartment. Why would you ever leave Mick Jagger alone with anybody you didn't want him to hump? He ran out of mayonnaise. That is the official story. He ran out of mayonnaise and so Mick Jagger defiled his daughter. That right. seems like well, a pretty he, steep price to pay for not having any Hellman's around. He does not like his tuna fish sandwiches without mayonnaise. Are we still talking about food? Well, what are we talking well, about this here? is like food porn, actually. Uh, so he goes out to make a tuna fish sandwich. Hey, Mick, I'm going to leave you alone with Mackenzie Phillips. Try not to ever. Uh, really, I mean, if you just... Uh... He didn't try quite hard enough, unfortunately. <laughs> Mick, really, just... Uh, I'm going to step up for a second. Don't... Did you ever see that entourage with Bob Saget? Uh, where it yes, turns out he was. Don't you a... f my daughters, Vince? <laughs> don't you f them? <laughs> Jesus. Well, it didn't work this time, and apparently he wasn't forewarned. I was in New York visiting my dad. I was I was 18, and um, there was a party, and Mick Jagger was there. And you know, I'd known him throughout my life, and Mick Jagger decides he wants a tuna salad sandwich of all things. So my dad said, "I will make you the Phillips family tuna salad." So we go up <laughs> to Mick's apartment, wow. and Mick says, "Oh my gosh, I don't have any mayonnaise." John, can you go down to the other apartment we were at and see if they have any mayonnaise? So my dad walks out. Mick turns around, locks the door, and looks at me, and he says, "I've been waiting for this since you were ten years old." Oh, I was eighteen. Time. There's no pedophilia involved here. Okay, Mick is, you know, that that's not what we're going for here, and uh, uh, he seduced me. And uh, my dad, you know, comes back and, that's my daughter in there, let her out! Mm-hmm. And we just didn't, we ignored him. It's a dubious distinction having had sex with Mick Jagger. But the phone rings in the morning and Mick hands me the phone, it's your father. And he says, was he nice to you, are you okay? And I said, Mick just brought a tray of tea and toast and strawberries and Marmite, we're fine, I'll talk to you later. That's my Mick Jagger story. I'm going to make it's you the... Continental f- breakfast. I'm going to make you the Phillips family tuna salad. Hold on, I have to go get Bijou. Good God almighty. The, I, I, 
I just don't. I, Why did it have to be tuna salad? First of all, yeah, I, I, there's just so much here. Let me get the, uh, I'm trying to get the etymology of all this straight. So the, the Phillips family tree, so that is John Phillips of the Mamas and the Papas. He's the dad. Mm-hmm. Is is that Michelle Phillips, who is the mom, the mom of Mackenzie Phillips? Correct, and they were divorced. And then there's, boy, she's got hips made out of swivels, though, that uh, Michelle Phillips. I'm a big fan of hers. Is she dead? I'd be less of a fan if she's dead, I guess. I the, don't the, know. She, man, just gorgeous. Just a gorgeous woman. All right. And then Mackenzie Phillips is the daughter. Now, is now Bijou Phillips, is that... Is Bijou Phillips Mackenzie Phillips' younger sister? Is Bijou Phillips the one that was in Almost Famous? Is she the actress? I don't know. Yeah, she's Wait, one of the Band-Aids at the beginning. Uh, she's not the uh, Estrella so Star just... girl, is she? No, she's the one at the beginning where she's talking about... Um, Penny Lane, and she's just like, uh, she totally changed everything, you know? No more sex. No more sex. Yeah, just, uh, yes. is that her? Is that Bijou Phillips? Yes, I'm pretty sure. I think she, it wasn't Bijou Phillips, wasn't she humping it out with Bill Maher for a while? That's a guy yeah, who just think, seems oh. to... She's humped it out with a lot of people. Yeah, I think if you're a celebrity, like if you're if you're an actress, if the road to fame goes through Bill Maher's apartment, it must, because I think he just sits there, and it, like Lucy with the chocolates and a conveyor belt of, uh, you know, of, of actresses just goes by, and he just, uh, you know, gets his sex on. All right, I don't even know where we're going here. Wait, she's with Danny Masterson. You mean now? Bijou Phillips is? Yeah, I think so. I think they're like engaged or something like that. Oh, so she, that means she's a freaky Scientologist then. Yes, she's a, she's a total yeah, Scientologist. She's not, a, not like the normal kind of yes. Scientologist. Hold these paint cans. Not the well-rounded ones. Uh, okay, but is she Mackenzie Phillips' younger sister? I think they're like half-sisters. I actually, because when I found Although, out about this Mackenzie Phillips thing, I looked a little of this up, and yeah. Because let's half sisters. Be honest at this point. Who who can now vouch for the accuracy of any of the family tree as it has been uh, presented to the public? I mean, you got a whole lot of uh, my sister, my daughter, my mother, my sister. Uh, let's see here. What have we? Uh, are these Mackenzie Phillips calls or are these calls about something else? These are calls about other things. All right. Well, let's uh, quickly, uh, then we'll return to this. Hello. Hi. You're on the uh, Rick Emerson show. How can I help you? Yeah, I was, I was caller ten. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What, what, go, go one more time, sir. I missed missed part of your call. Oh, sorry about that. I, I called up when I said to be caller 10, and that's what I thought I heard when I turned on the radio. You were told you were caller 10? Yeah. Who told you that? I believe it was you. <laughs> I don't remember who told me that. Was this today that this happened, or was this in... What is your name, sir? My name's Dwight. It just happened. Was it, Your name is Dwight? Eli. Eli. Uh, was this uh, was this in special Eli land, or uh, was this actually uh, today just now that someone called you you were caller 10? Someone just before you answered the phone, I was on hold, and they said, uh, I think you said you'll hook me up with those tickets or something like that. I don't really remember what you said. But it was me. I'm pretty sure you said, yeah, your caller's hand. Let me put you on hold, and we'll get you hooked up. All right. Did I also tell you that the time of purification was upon us, and it was time to get all the guns out of the cellar? Nope. No. All right. Hold on. Can you hold on just one second? Yeah. All right. Hold on a second. Greg? Hold on. We're waiting for Greg to get back to his uh, microphone. Uh, Greg, uh, Eli says that you told him he was caller 10, that, uh, that was a thing you, uh, you explained to him. Uh, no, actually, yeah. Eli asked if he was caller number 10, and I said, well, let's put you on hold and find out. Oh, I see. So, this, so, Eli, you were, you were not told you were caller 10. Uh, you were, uh, you were inquiring as to, uh, whether or not you were caller 10, and the answer to that is, uh, is no, sadly. All right, thank you. All right, thank you so much. There you go. All right. Uh, let's see, what do we have here? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I help you today? Hey, I've got an idea uh, for another way you can torment your Survivor and Genetic contestants. Does it involve sending by a 60s pop singer to uh, have unnatural relations with them? Well, not originally, but I guess that could help. I mean, we can always fold that in and make it part of it. What, what is your suggestion, sir? 
Well, you get you get a couple of laptops or other uh, video display devices. Pull up some of your um, video rodeo mm-hmm. uh, pieces and slap those on all the windows. So no matter which way they look, they're looking at something horrible. See, somebody suggested that that we do like a video rodeo thing, but unless you're going to do like the Alex from Clockwork Orange forcing their eyes open in a chair thing, I, I don't I don't know how we can't really make them. You, watch. Yeah, that's the thing is they could just look at the floor. I, I don't think I don't think there's a way to make them watch uh, that stuff. But the you know we're, we're trying to find a video rodeo that has I'm to understand, although I've never seen it all the way through that the pus one has a lot of bad noise that accompanies it. Uh, so we're trying to find a video rodeo that has a strong uh, audio component to it. So we'll continue to look into that, sir. Thank you for the suggestion. All right. Thank All you. Right, there you go. There's that guy. All right. Straight ahead, we have... Did you just hand Tim Riley something unpleasant? Yes. All right. Straight ahead, something else that's unpleasant from Tim Riley. I know it's hard to believe. Court and Fatboy checking in from Survive It and Drive It and Kelly Clark's Food Porn. Stay there. It's The Rick Emerson Show. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Good morning, Survive It and Drive It contestants. It's the beginning of another long and likely pointless day of mind-crushing loneliness and boredom. A day during which your loved ones are moving on with their lives. Your children are slowly forgetting the warm touch of your embrace. And your romantic partners are finding solace in the arms of another. Yes, every Tom, Dick, Mary, and Alice will be offering comfort to your special someone. The long nights alone, giving rise to moments of sweet, soft betrayal. And your families think of their horror and shame as you. Their flesh and blood sit there, covered in your own filth and stench. Truly, you are an embarrassment to them all. And so, another day begins. Enjoy it, if you can. KUFO's Survive It and Drive It Update. Live from Dickhanna Dodge in the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends, Romans, neighbors, countrymen, children of all ages, it is time once again to pay a visit to the Vancouver Auto Mall, Dickhanna Dodge, Survive It and Drive It, continuing now into day four. Our good friends, Gordon Fatboy, on the scene. And uh, is everybody awake and has been rousted from their slumber by now? Yes, yes, I have. have. Uh, yeah, we actually had a listener. I'd like to thank uh, listener Rush for coming out here and uh, letting them know at uh, 7 o'clock that they had been there uh, in the truck for 72 hours. Uh, he did so through a bullhorn uh, in their ears. So, so the, uh, thank you to Rush. So we've passed the line of demarcation here. We are once again into the make as much noise as you like and the man won't come and bust your chop zone. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, come on. Awesome. We, we've uh, we started the uh, the uh, the sounder back up again. All the uh, all the noise, all the uh, uh, the sound effects. Uh, we we heard the anno- the most annoying uh, sound in the world. Yeah, uh, thanks from, to from Jim Carrey. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. The... yeah. I... And it looped like that for about five minutes. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that is fantastic. Have they had breakfast um, yet? Uh, I I don't. Yeah, no. they, they came out. They ate something. I don't know if you would call it breakfast. Like I think one of them had an apple, and the other one had um, like a cigarette. So I don't know if you call that breakfast. Really, <laughs> we'll I'm, let you guess who had who what. I was just gonna say, did <laughs> mm, that's a real brain buzzler. I was about to ask if the body started to reject the fresh fruit as being an unnatural substance. 
<laughs> I don't think these bodies are rejecting anything. <laughs> Speaking of which, I uh, look, I hate to seem as though I'm going right for the aesthetic uh, quality, but Sarah and I were noting that it does look as though there's no way to get around this. They, they're they're getting larger. They're, just, they're, they're becoming larger. They're turning into the Wally well, characters. It just makes sense. I mean, if they're ingesting you know, 40,000 calories a day and not moving. Yeah. I mean, it is like the definition of, of, of sedentary. So it's, or maybe it's just, I don't know, is it like a fatigue thing? Maybe is it just, do you, do you get like an overall kind of body sag going on from just not getting they're, any sleep? They're actually swelling with failure. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Excellent. So what is on the, uh, what is on the horizon today? Do we know uh, anything that is, uh, that is planned uh, for them? Do we know? Because there's that still the recliner in the back where theoretically they would get to get out and get a little fresh air and whatnot. Are we, uh, do we know anything that is planned for them today? We actually have something for them uh, right now. Um, you know, they seem really comfortable because they have the, both the front seat and the back seat yeah, that and, they can lounge in. And, and they seem to be, like, just basically being nice with each other. At this point, I'm a little concerned because there's no sense of competition between either one of them at all. So, I mean, as much as people want to come down here and make noise, I think that's more therapeutic for the noise makers than it is for these two contestants because they've settled into sort of like a zen partnership and they're planning on making it all the way to the end and letting people vote online. So what we're going to do to make it a little more uncomfortable for them is that the backseat is now off limits. Yeah. So uh, go ahead. Um, awesome. Well we're, done. We're going to move. Uh, Jessica right now is in, in the back seat. She will uh, move to the front seat. Uh, I believe she's going to go right to the driver's side. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. She's, she's coming around to the driver's side. So they will be living in the front seat of the truck now for uh, the next week or so. Now, uh, are they less. are they allowed to move that garbage into the back seat? Um, I, they, I I don't know why they couldn't. Uh, well, here's the uh, we're working on this too. We're still working on the whole um, garbage in the back seat idea, where we just pretty much dump our trash back there mm -hmm. uh, to to keep you know because now they have all that extra space for the trash that they have. Uh, it's pretty uncomfortable with the trash they do have because it's piled up on the dashboard. And, but, and even more uh, even more to the point. The trash next to us that we have in this can is, is sort of bothering us. We don't like it there. That's a little too close to be next to all that garbage. So we might as well put it in the truck with the rest of the human garbage sure. trying to win the truck. Uh, so you, this is where we'll have the uh, we'll have the trash maybe then in the back, which we'll have to have room at some point for one of our stunt uh, bastards. Okay, like we no, had no, 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 yesterday. No, 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 we no, had no, uh, no, no. Well, we had listener. What was his name? Joe. Was Joe. that the guy? Yeah. So we had listener Joe who came by yesterday with the penny whistle, and he was like in the yeah. cab getting his uh, Blair well, on with them. Here's the thing. I. I we keep coming up against this. Like, the entire point of this contest is to humiliate them for our entertainment. It's supposed to be nothing but a parade of degradation and filth, and yet we keep making it easier on them. Like, we're letting them talk to people. We're not including any sort of sensory deprivation. So if we introduce some massive douche annoyance into the truck, why are we going to put them in the back seat? If everyone's got to live in the front, then that douche has to get in the front as well, ride bitch and play penny whistle in their ear. I just like the fact that we had douche bitch and penny whistle all like in the space about a second and a half there. That's awesome. All right. Court and Fatboy, they... I'm a man of a large vocabulary. They are alive at Dick Hanna Dodge right there at the corner of 4th Plain and Automall Drive in Vancouver for KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. Now at uh, 72 hours, 29 minutes, friends and neighbors. So you want to be listening for that. All right. Well, you just heard that they are being served... I don't know, breakfast after a fashion. I mean, essentially just uh, sugar and tobacco. Um, so as part of that, when we return, we'll have a very special installment of Kelly Clark's food porn. That's when the Rick Emerson Show continues right here on Rock 101 KUFO. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Booty, booty, booty. Gah. 
only on Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone. As a rock star, you know, I was being a rock star in the music through Lump Biscuit and the rock star. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. I think people have developed a rather disturbing zeal for bothering the contestants. This one just says, you really need to... You really need to cover a pig in grease, fit it with bells, and just put it inside the cab of the truck. That'll get rid of him. There you go. Then I feel like Chad never left. Well, I, well done. Well played, Sarah Dillon. Uh, so we do have to give it up for Crazy Joe, who's one of our uh, listeners who came by yesterday. Who really isn't that crazy? He's not that crazy. It's uh, And apparently he's a very talented musician. This his What he did yesterday in the cab of the truck, I guess, is non-representative of his actual oeuvre. So we were there yesterday afternoon, and there's a guy with tie-dye on, he was sort of you know, talking to us, came by just to you know to say hey, and apparently came by to root for Chad, but by the time he got there, Chad had already left because of a, quote, family emergency, end quote. I think the emergency may have been that the family had to call a meeting to talk about why he's uh, such a pussy, but that just I, that's just my theory. Or maybe it was I, uh, his fiance calling to ask him why he was flirting with Jessica. Yes, I'm sorry. No, it's come to our attention that our son is made of fail. Uh, I think we're going to have to have a meeting feel about really this. Really bad if something did happen, though. I know I will feel really bad, but I don't know that that's. I mean, look, and I will if, tell if you right someone now, someone that we know that doesn't lie, which I know the person who overheard this, and they would tell that nothing but the truth. They heard him say that I was just done with it. He said he couldn't take it anymore. That's the quote. So I will say Maybe now, his gal said I ran out of a woman's feminine product and please bring some home right away. Did you see one of the texts on uh, KUFO.com where it said, hey, Chad, just let you know I'm out with your soon-to-be wife right now. <laughs> well, we had uh, somebody yesterday who was there when Chad quit. And the story was that he had a friend who'd been in some some kind of an accident. There yes. was some, some, uh, you know, some issue had come up. And I'll say on the record, if that turns out to be true, then you know what? With that, that is a decision every person must make within themselves. I do know, though, that after he was at, and to add insult to injury, he gets out of the uh, the vehicle and doesn't, of course, have a ride home because I think he was expected to go home in the truck. So he's kind of sitting around like sitting on a curb waiting for somebody to come pick him up to take him wherever. And someone we know overheard him being asked why he had gotten out of the truck. And Chad's response, according to this person who we know, was, quote, uh, I just couldn't take it anymore. End quote. So that's I'm just saying draw your own conclusions there. Uh, in any event. So we'll be out there this afternoon from 4 till 6. But listener Joe was there, and he had come by to root for Chad. And we said, well, you know, Chad kind of, you know, Chad quit. He's not here anymore. And he's like, oh, that's too bad. And as he was walking away, for some reason, just in a burst of inspiration, we said, do you play an instrument? And he said, I've got a penny whistle in my car. And we said, that's awesome. Go get it now. And then he went in, and he was covered in patchouli and hippie stink and uh, filled the cab with a wondrous noise. And he, that enthusiasm was unmatchable. We asked him to stay there for 15 minutes, and I think he was there for the better part of two hours. Like, yeah, No, I think he stayed for like three hours. Oh, it was awesome. Wonderful. Some people are born to entertain. That's right, Tim. In just a moment, we'll have Kelly Clark from Willamette Week here with a very special installment of Food Porn. Tim Riley, what headlines are we tracking on this Thursday morning? Well, it looks like Oregon could become the new Detroit. That is, without the murders and the urban blight and the hopelessness. As we manufacture brand new electric cars here, they get 190 miles a gallon. And the latest installment on uh, Mackenzie Phillips' incest tour. We'll have uh, more sound bites. And uh, let's see, in the next installment, McKenzie learns how to do cocaine from dear old dad the right way. Well, those are the lessons that fathers need to be there to teach Well, he's him. nurturing. Uh, he's always on it for something. I apologize in advance, Kelly, that now the, um, the food porn theme over the last hour or so has transmogrified into the consensual incest theme. So try not to read anything into that. I... 
also the fact that every time I say the phrase consensual incest, it comes out like that King Missile song, Detachable Penis. So it's like a <laughs> consensual incest. I like you thinking of the penis song. Oh, yeah, I can Take see that, too. Look at my consensual incest. Kelly Clark, hello. How are you today? I'm doing great. Have you prepared a special installment of food porn for the contestants inside the truck? You know, I have. This one goes out just to the two of them that are left. To Katie and Jessica. Do you feel this music is, uh, is this going to work for you? Do we, I, I don't mean, know. Do we have anything more, you know, warm and family-like that can remind them of a special time they spent with loved ones? Oh, there we go. That, yeah. I think that'll, I think that'll uh, work. Fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, Kelly Clark's food porn. And this one's going out to Katie and Jessica from all of us. You know, you two, it's not just about what you eat. It's about where you're eating it and who you're eating with. Today, we're going to salute the family breakfast, something that neither of you can have right now. Imagine it sitting across the table from your loved ones. There's Brennan. There's Ayla. Hi, Elijah. You're sitting there smiling at their faces, sipping a hot cup of coffee, fragrant in the morning. There's, you know, a breeze. Doesn't smell like patchouli anywhere. And, you know, you're just stretching because you just got an amazing night of sleep in your own bed with your own pillow, not with anyone else's filth or cells or, you know, feminine juices anywhere near you. And you're like, what? What's that? No, Brennan, I would. I would love another piece of bacon, Brennan. Thank you. Thank you so much for thinking of me. And what, Ayla? Yes, please pass those potatoes. They're crunchy. Oh, I know. They're and they're not from Domino's. No, no, uh, they don't. They're not at all. And, you know, you should take a break, though, and you should focus on yourself because you've got a waffle in front of you, a beautiful, crisp, warm waffle, and you're taking butter, and you're running it along it, and you're filling every single divot with warm butter. And then you're going to take, like, a half a quart of Mrs. Butterworth, not the regular maple syrup, the real Mrs. Butterworth stuff, and you're going to warm it up in the microwave, your own microwave that you don't have in a truck, and then you're just going to pour it all over that waffle. As much as you want, because you have control over that. You have control over everything, because this is your home. Oh, wait, but you're not home. And you're not with your family. You're in a truck. I'm sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, food porn with Kelly Clark. Really? If it wouldn't be weird in like three different ways, I think we would all hug you right now. That was awesome. Well done. Well yeah, I would do my best. It's and, like, and true. Yes. It's like bringing a slice of home to them remotely. Remotely. Fantastic. Kelly Clark from uh, Willamette Week. What else is in Willamette Week that people might find amusing and or uh, uh, pleasant? Well, I can just whip that out, P.S., in like two minutes. No, that's she's she's I do what I can. Game day player. Yeah. Writer's right, as Hemingway said. <laughs> I am like Hem- Hemingway. You know this. Uh, other magical things head. that are... Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Uh, other magical things that are in the paper this week. I talked to the woman behind Cake Rex, uh, which is a blog where this woman puts up pictures of terrible, horrible, ridiculous cakes that professional bakers make and then mocks them. I highly suggest you read it. She's amazing. She's going to be at Pals on Friday. And we premiere a new column this week called Dr. No, who basically asks all, sort of answers all of your random questions about Portland, be it uh, whether skinny jeans will make uh, hipsters sterile or, you know, how much how much water the Benson bubblers use, all those random things that you ask your friends while you're walking around the city, but you are too lazy to actually find out the answers to. Dr. No will do it. Let's go back to the cake That's wrecks awesome. thing for just a second. Now, yeah. are these local cakes uh, that she makes fun of? Please to explain a little bit more. No, this is a national website. She's from Orlando, and she actually used to own a uh, faux painting business. Uh, she actually worked at Disneyland, the Orlando Disneyland, on the Jungle Boat Cruise, too, which is just awesome. And uh, one day, somebody sent her a, a forward of a cake, 
that said, it, it was the message was something like, Connie, we will miss you underneath that. Congratulations. And it spelled out underneath that because the cake, <laughs> you know, they, they took it literally, you know, they sent her the message. It was like, you know, we wanted to say goodbye and we wanted to say congratulations. And, and so it actually said beneath that congratulations. It actually said beneath that. That's awesome. And she laughed so hard and so long. She devoted a blog to it and the idiocy that somehow runs rampant through the cake decorating industry. Uh, but now she's branched out. There's things called pregnancy cakes. Have you heard of these? You know, oh. somebody gives you a cake. I thought a pregnancy pre- cake was when you're, yeah, exactly. uh, well, yeah. you know, <laughs> I just put my hands in front of my chest and cupped like I was holding bosoms. I, that's the universal sign for boob. I thought that's I what I've never a, heard boobs called pregnancy cake, but that's amazing. You've never, well, I was thinking of caking. You mean like cakes. Wait, what are cakes. you talking about? I was, I was thinking of something really bad. Wait, hold on a second. No, Pregnant- you were thinking of something that had to do with placenta. No, no, no. Every, oh. Everyone stop. Greg, ah. Greg, if I were to say to you, hey, check out the pregnancy cakes on that girl. Yeah, if you said cakes, plural, yes, I would understand. Yeah, pregnancy cakes. That's well, like cakes, when... Uh, I, would, I would think that, but you didn't say plural at first. You said pregnancy cake. I will. Then maybe it's just one boob. I mean, maybe it's like a lopsided sort of a thing. What, is, what are you thinking a pregnancy cake meant? No, no, when you said pregnancy cake and then like you did the boob thing, I don't know, it felt like some kind of like... It sounded like you were talking about some lactation gone wrong. Oh, well, you just got uh, lactation on your mind from last week. Oh, yeah. (laughs) From when I spilled my coffee on my. What is a pregnancy cake actually? Apparently, there's a trend for baby showers to get a cake shaped like a woman's torso with a giant, giant, big belly. No! So you're essentially cutting into it. And you're cutting into a pregnant belly, which I can't understand how this... And, and this is what the site talks about Pardon a lot. Me, Every I, time they have one of these on, they're like, don't do this. This is horrible. Could I get one of your Sharon Tate cakes, please? Thank exactly. you so much. No, please, and it gets is worse. Baby, is there a baby inside? No, it? there's not a baby it's inside. A, it's a, no, it's a, there's no like little, little plastic, plastic baby. baby. <laughs> little plastic baby. It's a baby awesome. with a soft, creamy center. <laughs> exactly. But what they are doing now, and this is what Jen, who, who runs the site, told me, she has now seen a photo of a cake where it's the woman's pregnant stomach, but there's the outline of two tiny little feet pushing up through the fabric like it's kicking. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. All right, let's oh, never talk about wow. this again. Like th- this cupcake? Maybe we can have the... Uh, oh, there's a baby cupcake. Yeah. yeah. We can have a spinoff product that's it's, just like the pregnancy stomach pinata. That'll be the next thing. It's cakerex.blogspot.com, and it is it is a time waste champ. Mm-hmm. I awesome. tell you, I, I look at it all the time. Add it to my bookmarks now. That's fantastic. <laughs> Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Reader and print in the Willamette Week are online at wweek.com. And thank you again for a truly exceptional food porn. Well done. I do my best. Right. Thank you, guys. Straight ahead news with Tim Riley, John Cho from Star Trek, and he's also in the new series uh, Flash Forward. Uh, coming up in the next hour as well, we will talk to Chad, who pulled the ripcord on uh, his dr- surviving and driving experience yesterday. The Rick Emerson Show continues right after this. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Thursday morning. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Here in just a few minutes, we'll talk to John Cho. He was in uh, Star Trek, of course, uh, Harold and Kumar. And I guess they're going to be doing a third one of those. Harold, it's going to be a very Harold and Kumar Christmas. It'll be coming out uh, not this coming December, but the December of 2010. Uh, so that show, Flash Forward, though, premieres tonight on ABC. So we'll talk to John Cho here in just a few minutes. Coming up in the next hour, we will have Speaks with Chad. Uh, he who was in the truck until yesterday around 2.15. Was he gone by the time you showed up, Sarah? No, he was still there. Nibbler and I got there, and he was uh, like filling out some paperwork and sitting with Susan and stuff. But he was out of the truck. You didn't. After all that buildup, you didn't get to taunt him. And we, 
prepared so much stuff to mess with him about. You had such glory planned. We did research. We had um, like mental strategies. We were so good to go on him. And can then, you prepare or can you reveal something that you had prepared for him that maybe you're not going to use at all now? Well, there's a lot that we can't use that was specifically related to him. Would you like to, uh, now do you feel comfortable revealing some of the things you had in store for him had he not uh, yes, well, the, bailed out? The best thing that we found was the name of his fiance and uh, and also her nickname and, and her, some details. Her nickname and some of uh, her single male friends names and we were going to orchestrate uh, the fact that perhaps she was out on dates with her single oh. gentleman friends. So let's say her name is like Sandy. You were going to say like, and so it uh, looks like Sandy was out with, uh, you know, uh, Alistair yesterday. And perhaps we were going to say that uh, she'd been calling in every day and giving us updates. Uh, <laughs> on, updates on, on her burgeoning social life. Yep. You awesome. guys could become torturers at Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, really? Uh, evil. Have you given any thought to that? Really, this could be your... Did we you... came up with some some really bad stuff, too, that we kind of nixed. Yeah, the uh, I think I'm just said this is just my speculation now. Now, we were leaning pretty heavily yesterday on the um, on the Chad flirting uh, with Jessica Angle. And I'm not saying that that's the reason that Chad bailed out, but I'm, I would not be surprised if the two relents, uh, events were somehow related. I'm just saying, you know, tense phone calls can happen for many reasons. That's Maybe something right. might have happened to your friend. Maybe your fiance is pissed because she keeps watching you flirt with some chick. I don't know. And, uh, you know, and Jessica does seem to, you know, Jessica it seemed to have a little bit of a connection with Chad. There was a bit of a, uh, a bit of a spark between the two of them. Was she showing a lot of leg? I don't really know that that's possible in her, the position she's in, but Greg? Uh, well, I was going to say, I actually just acquired a little bit more information about this that uh, I'll tell you guys here in, in just a minute. All right. So uh, straight ahead this hour, we'll have a, a little bit a piece of the Chad puzzle, uh, such as it is. You've seen him in the American Pie films, as well as both Harold and Kumar movies, and most recently playing the one and only Mr. Sulu in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek film, which was awesome. His new series, Flash Forward, premieres tonight at 8 p.m. on ABC. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Mr. John Show. Good morning to you, sir. How are you on this fine Thursday? Good, sir. How are you? I am. Uh, I am fantabulous. I. Uh, I really, truly am. There's, I would say, a, a huge amount of caffeine coursing through my system right now. So that makes all things good. Excellent. Me too. Excellent. Tell me. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say. Tell me a bit about about Flash Forward because my producer Sarah and I were talking about this, and it has it has what they call a a, a great hook. It has a, a great high concept to it, which is that everybody in the world wakes up and they suddenly realize they have missed what, like two minutes or three minutes of their lives for no reason. Yes. Um, the premise of the show is this, uh, Joseph Fiennes and I play FBI agents at the top of the show. We're, um, we're actually in the middle of a car chase trying to, uh, we're trailing, um, suspected terrorists in the middle of the car chase. We black out, the car crashes, we wake up and realizes and we realize that the entire world has blacked out along with us for two minutes and seventeen seconds. There's worldwide mayhem, um, as you can imagine, planes are in the air, people are on the operating table. And uh we realize later that everyone during that time had a vision of their future that takes place on April twenty ninth, two thousand ten. And uh, the series is sort of us trying to figure that out. Now, do you know, how do I put this? Um, do you know enough about the outcome of this particular part of the show? Or is that a thing that uh, you and the other actors find out sort of as you go along? How much of this, how much of a story arc like this do the producers and the writers reveal to you guys, uh, you know, as you're shooting? I think each one of the actors has a couple pieces of information that is relevant to them. Um, that nobody else knows. However, um, 
we don't know anything else beyond that. And the producers have gone as far as giving us some misinformation as well. So, in other words, so you're not going to be able to get on AinItCool.com and just immediately squeal the, uh, the secrets to everybody? Uh, no, I wouldn't be able to, even if I wanted to. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, it's a little frustrating, um, but it's also kind of cool just sort of riding on the seat of your pants, you know, and finding out things about your character uh, every week. Um, it's been it's been a kind of a new way of working for me, but I really like it. We're talking to uh, John Show coming off the Star Trek film, of course, and now the new series Flash Forward. There was there was a time not too long ago. I mean, you know, you maybe look back fifteen years ago when movie actors. Um, the traditional logic was that you did television and then you made the leap to movies, and it usually didn't work the other way. But we've kind of entered this this golden age of uh, of American TV where the the, the quality of the programming that's on really has just taken an exponential uh leap forward and and jj abrams of course you know had a, had a lot to do with that that guy's really raised the bar in a lot of ways um we were saying that uh you know i was uh, you ever listened to bill simmons uh, from espn yeah uh, and he was having a conversation about it on his podcast and and and, and they were saying it sort of started with the sopranos but it kind of has felt like his theory was that um that people from features uh, behind the camera have moved to uh, television, and it feels like that's sort of been the defining kind of uh, mark in entertainment of this decade, of the 2000s. It seems like television, there's more interesting stuff happening on television than the movies almost. Well, I think also you have, if we can just see now, we're just going to turn into a, an inside the actor's studio conversation. Um, I think that from my vantage point, you look at, uh, again, not just uh, Abrams or a guy like uh, um, David Chase or Aaron Sorkin or Joss Whedon is another great example of this. It's a generation of writers who grew up watching shows on right. television. They grew up watching TV, and so they understand the expectations and sometimes the cliches of television well enough to be able to set up one kind of expectation and then subvert that by going in a different direction. And my question is, when you're reading a script, you know, it's just not to not to diminish the role of the writer, but you're not seeing the complete product. You're just seeing the words on the page. Is it hard to figure out if something is really going to have that kind of quality when it's done? You know, it's it's um, it's not that hard to figure it out. I mean, I, you know, when when um, when a series is quality, every episode is quality. And you can really sense that. Um, and I read this pilot and wasn't, you know, myself, I, you know, as much uh, quality there is on television these days, I wasn't looking to do television, but I read the script and thought I got to do it because I got to get involved. This is a quality piece of, of writing. And as you say, actors are going to television, and I think it's because. Um, you know, and it's off a of pilot. Nobody reads more than a pilot, right. um, pilot script uh, at the beginning. So when they sign on, so it's uh, actors are, are sensing the the shift in in the business and sensing the quality uh, uh, that's quality that's, that's there on the page. I uh, we're talking to uh, John Show. He uh, was in the new series. He is in the new series Flash Forward, which premieres tonight at eight p.m. on ABC. And I we're just such big nerds, so I gotta uh, I gotta ask you a question about uh, Star Trek. Of course, We'd, my question is actually about some of the behind the scenes stuff. When you get the confirmation, uh, you know, you've got the role as Mister Sulu in, in the Abrams Star Trek film. Is that a thing where your agent just calls you and just says, "Kid, it's the best day of your life. I'm taking you out to lunch." I mean, was it just like the biggest celebratory call of all time? It was. Uh, I happened to be um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it was pretty much that. Um, I, I happened to be on my honeymoon um, in Italy, and my phone rang. And uh, needless to say, it was the, the night started off awesome and ended even better. Excellent. Um, it was just a great day, and, and it's one of those jobs. There are very few jobs that you know are going to change your life, and this was one of them, uh, and, and it did. And so final question, do, you, I mean, do, do we know anything about, about the next Star Trek film? I mean, it's, they've, they've got to make a sequel. There's just, I mean, otherwise the, the geeks would just storm the studio with pitchforks. So do we know anything about that? <laughs> I like the image of the pitchforks in the hands of geeks. Um, the, uh, yeah, we're working on. They're working on a second uh, movie. Um, I don't know how far along they are in the script, um, and uh, I, I'm not sure if they have a start date uh, set. But um, uh, I think everyone is uh, is geared up to make a second one. Excellent. I'll skip the joke here about start date, star date, because that's sort of okay. that's beneath me, sir. All right. Best of continued success, my friend. The uh, show premieres tonight, 8 p.m. on ABC. Flash forward, John Show. Best of continued success in all things, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. There you go. That is uh, John Show, uh, ladies and gentlemen. All right. That's, uh, that's awesome is what that is. What a cool guy. Seriously. How great is he? Uh, all right. Just catch me uh, playing along that I knew who he was talking about at ESPN. No, I, that, I laughed. Rick, do you know uh, Bill Simmons at ESPN? Oh, yeah, sure, John. He and I go way back. Bill and I, we had lunch last week, actually. We, uh, he's a great guy. No, I'm the godfather to his children. No, I was at the christening, honestly. I have no idea. Who's Bill Simmons? You know, Bill Bill Simmons at ESPN? Yeah. Honestly, I'm not even sure. Yeah, see, there you go. But he bought it. I said it, he believed it. That's the power of Rick right there. Straight ahead, we have, okay, so we have a detail about Chad when we come back. So we've got a small piece to the Chad puzzle, and we're going to speak to Chad. He uh, bailed out around 2.15 yesterday from Survive and Drive It. We'll find out more about why that happened. Plus, more news from Tim Riley and a pair of tickets to see Kiss at some point. Be listening for Paul Stanley. Be color 10. Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. By the way, uh, we had asked about the the lack of sleep that these guys are getting, or the lack of REM cycle sleep anyway, because, you know, it's not the amount of sleep you get, it's the quality. And if they're never sleeping for more than three hours at a stretch, and probably not even that, because that assumes that they fall asleep, like, instantly, and that they wake up, uh, you know, with something approaching as, like, a natural... um, you know, like like a natural progression from wakefulness to you know to, to being wakeful or from sleep to wakefulness, which isn't the case because basically somebody's coming by and rattling the truck and saying "get up." So I had asked what that does to you over a prolonged period of time. This uh, email came in yesterday. This is from Tony, and Tony says uh, about REM cycle sleep and what you need. He says about the first forty-five minutes to an hour, there is no REM cycle. After that, there should be one to two-hour REM cycles. Typically, you need at least three of those per night to stay sane. He says, after three days without sleep, auditory hallucinations, which are even in dead silence, you will hear music playing or hear people talking. After about five or six, you will start to see things. You will have visual hallucinations. Um, And then he says, by the way, speaking of visuals, great show, and I will never forgive you for the most recent video rodeo. That image will be stuck in my head forever, and I cannot get the taste of bile out of my mouth. Thanks a lot. 
So there you go. No, no, no. Thank you, sir. Bile is awful. Thank you. That's Tony. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Sometime between the well, we we have not done the movie passes though. That's we have to do that. So sometime between now and nine, um, we have a pair of passes for two. It's uh, passes to the KU four premiere of the Invention of Lying, starring Ricky Gervais and Jennifer Garner. So that's coming up at some point. We're to be listening. Uh, Greg Nibbler. So we're going to be talking to Chad here in a bit, and he's the guy who bailed out yesterday. Yes. He was everybody's favorite pal. He was the Jingle Bells guy. Yes, the guy that incessantly clanked the bottles together and, yeah, rang his bells. There was at a certain point where I thought that it was going to come down to him and Jessica, just because because Jessica seems to be, I don't know, it seems to be a little bit of a core of resolve within her. She uh, she doesn't seem to be getting rattled by a whole lot. No, she doesn't seem, but she's got the same expression pretty much the entire time, no matter what you're doing, which is either scary or, or either she's, it's getting to her. I don't know what it is, but it's the same thing. I gotta say that I find, uh, I find Jessica, there's just no getting around this, I find her kind of equal parts hot and creepy. There's, I, I, I'm not going to lie, because every time she looks at the camera and she'll look at the webcam, I'm going to close my, in fact, I'm minimizing. Is she looking at you right no, now? No, because right? here's the thing. We're on a delay, so she'll hear that in 40 seconds, and then she'll look at the camera, and it'll take a little bit of, it'll, it's like a cat stealing your breath while you sleep. It'll take a little bit of my soul. She's just, you know what it is? And I, and I, I hate to say this because it sounds like I'm, when you say this, it sounds like a, like it's an like age thing. Oh, okay. No, I was going to say, I was going to say, but it's like the mom look. You know what I'm talking about, where it's like, because she has a kid. And it's that look of the, I'm watching you, uh, even when I'm not watching you, I'm watching you. And moms totally have that. And that's the look she gives to the camera occasionally. But I think that's why she doesn't get thrown, although Katie's got kids, too. Yeah. yeah Katie has two and just yeah. has one. They can't even look at each other anymore. Oh, it's awkward. No silence. more talk of girly things. It is so awkward. Like I think that they were all excited to spread out, but now they're right next to each other. Oh, spread out in the oh, seat. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, I think they had Chad to unite them before. I thought. That, I think that there was Chad there, that he could be the focus point that bonded them, you know, because everybody, because everybody just was bugged by that guy. And now that he's gone, you're right. They were thinking, okay, well, this is it. I can lay back in the seat. I can relax. I can whatever. And then Court and Bobby put an end to that. So now they're just sitting there, and it's just this awkward, stifling, very pregnant silence uh, hanging in the air, which is awesome. Yep. So, Chad, we heard yesterday that he had a, a friend who was in an incident or an accident or something. He had to go to the hospital. She's looking at the camera at you right now. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not looking. I have it minimized. Okay. I can't see it. No, no, no. You're devil eyes. Don't work on me, woman. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. So, that was, uh, that was what uh, apparently his reason given was why that he left. But there are some other things that are coming out from on site right now. And uh, do you know what those five-hour energy drink things are? Yeah. The things you get at the, at the Mini Mart, the little bottles. The little red bottle. Oh, like red yeah. and yellow. And- yeah. yeah, red and yellow like five hour energy it's like liquid crack apparently and uh, apparently chad yesterday around eight or nine a.m had anywhere between one and three of these things oh those things will mess you up yes i've and, never had i've never had that oh yeah they're like instant energy like they um like five hour energy drinks so, like it's a little teeny it's basically like you take a shot and it tastes like orange yeah i've yeah, seen them at the like a, pantry but i've never tried and one. it's sugar free but it's packed with all kinds of it's like six shots six Pots of coffee or something in one dose or something like that. What does yeah. he need energy a- for? He's sitting. Well, exactly. So he took anywhere between one to three of these. And then, coincidentally enough, about five hours later, I guess he started getting red in the face and started getting shaky. And right when they went to the bathroom break, that's when he came out and said, oh, yeah, I got to go. And I guess both of the girls in the car have verified this, too, that he was he was acting that way wow. right before he left. Weird. I... So, I have never tried one of those, but I was reading. Uh, what was I reading? I was reading something a while back, some article about energy drinks or something or other. And there was, you know, I was reading the message board, and there were people who singled out that 
that energy drink specifically, Five Hour Energy, and they said that they made them sweat, they were flushed, that they felt um, like they had a fever, mm-hmm. uh, and so I don't know, maybe it's a... So he had several of those? Uh, yeah, anywhere between one and three of and them. And that tears up, I like, mean, too much caffeine tears up your insides. Oh, yeah, and, and if you're just part. sitting there, you're not wearing any of that out. And then the crash, I guess, is really bad on these things anyway, and if he had that many sitting all day on, you know, whatever he's been eating... And then suddenly got red in the face and wow. shaky and flushed and yet. Yeah, Are they getting so, uh, coffee or anything while they're out there? Yeah, they, I, think, I, mean, I think Jackson's is um, providing coffee. Yeah, okay, they have coffee in the morning if they want it. I can see if you got like a coffee habit or something. You don't want to just go cold turkey on that. But yeah, there's no need that. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of caffeine for some people sitting there and whose job is to stare out a window. Yeah, I don't know what he needed that energy for, but. It might have been the uh, it might have been the uh, the crash then that did him in because he had. I guess the deal is he was on the phone. And he came over, and this was, I'm relaying all the secondhand, I wasn't there. Uh, I woke up from a from a nap, and I saw that I missed all these calls, and he quit. And apparently he said, oh, you know, a friend of mine's in an accident, I have to go to the hospital. And again, I, I'm not saying it's not true, I'm just saying it's true, I don't know. But I do know that several people there said, A, he seemed, he seemed very calm, for one, let's put it that way. He seemed very uh, even-keeled for someone who had a friend who'd been in an incident. I'm not saying it's not true, but as Sarah pointed out, if you had a friend in an accident, be like, F this. I got to go. Uh, my friend, you know, Heather, you know, she's in the hospital. Yeah, I got to go. I'd call a cab. I've got to go. The strange thing was is that he he didn't make mention of where the accident happened, like what hospital he was going to, right. what the person's name was. Like if I was if I was up, like traumatized at one of my friends was an accident, I'd be like, you know, oh my God, Heather was in an accident. Like I've got to go. But he was just like unnamed, un- unnamed friend in accident in car somewhere. Like, and then wasn't on the cell phone again, just sort of sat there like staring listlessly into the middle yeah, distance. Because when Greg and I got there, he was just chilling out under the tent. Yeah. Just like, yeah, he was still there. Not panicked, just like. And this is when someone else overheard him say, somebody asked him why he quit, and he just said, oh, I just couldn't take it anymore. So, well, Well, uh, I'm going to go call him right now. Let's see if he uh, can come on here and explain this. Excellent. Oh, and if you want to see the the chat graphic, by the way, that's up at uh, Facebook, and it's also up at rickemerson.com. That is amazing. I don't know why it's so special, but. That's great. It's just, it's just a, you know what? It's just, it's a nice, clean, it's a nice, clean, visually appealing uh, fail sickle thing the guys put together. Visually appealing is how I describe it. You want to do uh, yeah. this? All right. It's 503 228 4101. Straight ahead, uh, we'll have Chad as well as Tim Riley uh, with more news, including more awkward revelations from Mackenzie Phillips and so forth. Just, uh, you want to stay there for that, or perhaps not. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Don't go anywhere. Emerson Show in mere moments only on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Well, it must be time for my nitroglycerin. My bunions hurt. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Good morning to you. It is 503 228. For 101, in mere moments, we will talk to uh, Chad. He's the uh, second person out for KUFO Survive It and Drive It contest happening right now. Dick Hennajaj, corner of 4th Plain and Automall Drive in Vancouver. Uh, this afternoon, 4 to 6, Greg Nibbler and I uh, will be out there. I'm going to bring the dental drill uh, sound again that Aaron made. I'm going to... Uh, I, th- I think that was paying dividends yesterday. There came a point when I couldn't take it anymore, but I can just turn it on and leave. Uh, <laughs> get ready to wrap it up this afternoon. I don't have to stay there. Uh, in moments, we will talk to Chad. Ch- uh, Tim Riley is tracking these headlines on your Thursday morning. All right, I'm getting more details about these baristas charged with prostitution. We'll uh, find out more about that. Also, we have several sound bites from Mackenzie Phillips' Incest World Tour. Coming up in moments. Okay. Is one of those sound bites this? Your father is supposed to protect you, not I mean, I'm just, I'm just asking. I okay. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show 
Second person out in KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. Uh, Chad, hello, Chad. and how are you on this uh, on this Thursday? Hey, I'm okay. How you guys doing? We're okay. So, uh, we miss you, Chad. We're, yeah, I mean, really, we miss you. We miss your bells. We miss your loud, shrieking, wailing. We miss your constant, annoying antics. And I was, I was reading some of the comments. It looked like I was, I, I'm, I missed so far. You were the, um, you were the. I don't know uh, how old you are. This may be a reference that is uh, above your, uh, you know, above your your uh, your chronological uh, raisin or whatever. But uh, you're the puck, really, of survive it and drive it. Uh, Sarah yeah. knows what I'm talking about there. Indeed, he is. So. What was the uh, what was the moment yesterday when uh, when you realized you were not going to be able to stay? Well, uh, you know, you, you you actually hit it on the head. Um, I basically, I I those those energy drinks I was having yesterday, and it was just it was a stupid thing to have as many as I did, and I had a couple of them, and I was sitting there and I started having heart trouble. My heart was just beating all over the place, and I started. Basically, just feeling like I had to get out of there, had to go to the hospital. And I really didn't want to turn it into a huge, you know, ambulance, medical emergency oh, kind of okay. thing. It was kind of, I just had to get out of there. I had to find a way to get out of there quickly um, without turning it into, you know, a big scene. So kind of like a minor, like almost like a panic attack kind of thing. Yeah, it was just, you know, it, and it lasted pretty much the rest of the day. It just wouldn't go back to the normal beat. It was kind of all over the place. And so you were... Heart palpitations are pretty unnerving. Would, I've had that before. And it's freaky because it's a thing going wrong, like, inside your body where you can't... And it's not like it's not like you're right. Bender from Futurama where you can open it up and fix it yourself. So, but just do me a favor. List off the symptoms you had again, because I want to I sort of go through these one by one. So you just, you had heart, your heart was racing. What What was going on with you? Well, the heart wasn't racing. It was just not in tune. It wasn't in beat. It was kind of jumping all over the place, which was kind of scary because I've never had anything like that happen to me before. And uh, uh, just sweating. Uh, I mean, I was feeling like I couldn't breathe correctly. It was it was pretty crazy. Now, do you think it was the energy drinks, or do you think it was the stress of sitting in this car and wondering, hey, am I going to make it all the way to the end, or am I going to go out early? I think it was definitely the energy drinks. I think I was I was set to go the two weeks, and it was just a big mistake to take those things. And so you had how many of those in in what space of time? Uh, let's see. I had well, I had one of the little five hour shots, and uh, about an hour before that, I had uh, uh, drank just a regular energy drink. And so that's probably, I mean, that's a few hundred milligrams of uh, caffeine and then everything else on top of it right there, plus whatever else is, is in that in that particular concoction. So then you get out, you go to use uh, the restroom, and when did you make the actual decision? Was it while you were sitting there or was it when you were out walking around? Uh, when was the moment that you decided you had to, you had to get out of there? Uh, you know, I think it was right. It was right before I went on break. And it was kind of like, okay, well, I can tell them what's going on. They'll probably, you know they'll have to call an ambulance or something really didn't want to do that so so you didn't want to say well look i'm feeling kind of sick or i'm my heart is is freaking out or i'm having palpitations because then you feel like it's going to be a huge then you're going to look like a, like a hypochondriac or you don't want to look like a guy who's making more of it than it is so you right, just right. you kind of took the middle path of saying there's a medical issue hospital involving somebody else right 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 all right and so, that makes sense. Now, looking back on it, and I can understand that. I mean, now I just so we're all on the same page here. So I've told this story on the air before that right. uh, the first time I had a, a panic attack, which is years ago now. This is probably um, what year? Two thousand nine. So back in two thousand four or three. 
uh, five or six years ago, I had a, my the first real panic attack. And people who who had a panic attack know that it doesn't feel like anything else on earth. It feels like your heart is about to blow out of the front of your chest. It's People ask you what it feels like, and it feels like you're going to die. That's what it feels like. And the first time I had a panic attack, I didn't know what it was. Um, and I actually called 911. Uh, I, I picked up the phone, and I called 911 and said, hey, I think I'm having a heart problem. And literally, they did send an ambulance uh, right. because that's just standard practice. And then you, you know, and then you feel silly later because you realize it's something else. Um, looking back at it now, do you feel like you made the right decision? Uh, you know, I mean, maybe, <laughs> I, I feel like if maybe if I would have just waited it out, you know, I mean, although I was having that, those heart issues pretty much the rest of the day. So it would have been tough waiting it out. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I wish I was still in it. Now, did you did having fun? Did you go to the hospital yesterday, or did you just go home? No, I actually just came home and uh, uh, talked to my family, and uh, you know, I have uh, we called a uh, little nurse line and talked, and they basically came to the conclusion it's probably the energy drink, and it just kind of waited out. And so, what is your uh, fiance's reaction to this? Um, yeah, you know, honestly, I think she's just happy for me to be back home <laughs> and to home alone for a few days <laughs> to not have your heart failing. That's also, that's an added bonus there. Right. So Jessica and Katie are the two left inside. Uh, right. who's, what's your gut on, yeah, who uh, on who's going to win? Who's the favorite there? Uh, I think it's going to go down the voting and I think if it does go down the voting, uh, like court and fat boy, we're talking about yesterday. I think Jessica's definitely got it. You think the audience will, uh, will naturally go to Jessica. Yep. But yeah. if there wasn't voting, yeah, who think, do you think? I think uh, I think Katie should uh, be trying to get Jess out right now. So if it, if it wasn't down to voting, and let's say, for example, we said, look, you're just going to stay there for a year if it takes it. Who do you think would outlast uh, the other? See, that's tough. They were they were pretty much on an even keel the whole time. Um, Based on your yeah, experience being in the truck with both of them, you're right. you're saying that right now Katie ought to try to get Jessica out. What advice do you have for, for either of them right now? What is a good way for somebody to drive the other one out like right now? I think they need to talk, they need to uh, start taking uh, taking shots, taking some a uh, some emotional shots at their family life, and uh, maybe see. I my strategy was I was still waiting for the kids to come. See, I was going to wait, you know, until the kids started coming right. and and see if I could, uh, uh, you know, toss some insults out there on on parenting so you were going to wait for the kids to show up so you could be like, well that's a great kid too bad he's going you know, home you know, alone stuff like, stuff, stuff like well you see your mom just doesn't love you anymore she's not going <sighs> to come back home bastard <laughs> how come you have denied us all this gold? why did you have to you quit are such a bastard oh seriously the, the, the depriving us of entertainment chad well i know i know man well we're uh, we're glad you're okay and uh and we figured that there was something else going underneath the service underneath the story of the friend but we're glad that it turned out to not be a serious health and thank issue you for being so honest yeah and thanks for yeah thanks yeah, for being yeah, honest because yeah, it would yeah, bugged yeah, me forever. I'm telling you guys, this is you know didn't want to turn into a big medical fiasco. And I and I think I I think I speak for everybody when I say that you know we're glad that uh, you know that you had that foresight to not want to bring an ambulance out there. I mean you know make a big production when maybe it turned out to, in hindsight, not be necessary. But I understand. Uh, again, we've had you know Sarah and I've had panic attacks. Yes, it's indeed. no fun. It's uh, yeah you don't you don't want to be there. So, all right, my friend. Well, congratulations on making that far and for certainly making an impact uh, on the audience. And yeah, uh, and yeah. thanks for thanks for spending some time with us today. No problem. Uh, I might, you know, this weekend I might be going back just to just to see what I can do outside the truck. <laughs> oh, dude, you, seriously. Okay, let us know when you're going to be there, and we'll all uh, get those girls out. Yeah, you. Uh, yeah, you. Yeah, you. Let us know when that's going to happen. We'll make a. We'll make a day of it. All right, sweet. All right. Thank you. There you go. That's uh, that's Chad. There you go. Awesome. Why the nibbler was right. 
I like how he was going to go. That really, I mean, we, I think we all kind of sensed that. I'm glad, he, you know, but really big points to him for being honest about it, for yeah. copying to that. I, I was really against the Chad yesterday, and now I kind of... I like him. Yeah. I, I like him, too. I genuinely do. Yeah, but you know, because now I realize, see, we're doing that thing where it's like a reality show, and we're just we're hating you. He's a bastard! And then you talk to him, and then you realize he's not such a bad guy. I like how he was going to go right for the family shots, too. It's hard to imagine uh, what any of those might have been. Your father is supposed to protect you, not you. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning for the KUFO News Center, downtown. Portland, 847. Expect highs today only in the mid-70s. Okay, we're getting more details on these baristas accused of prostitution at a coffee stand in Everett. These are five bikini baristas. They've been charged with prostitution, accused of lewd behavior at an espresso stand. Police say the women actually charge customers to touch their breasts and buttocks. Good for them. Now, well, they can't give it away, Tim. You never. They were charging up to $80 to strip down while fixing lattes and mochas. Can you imagine how much time it took to go through that drive-up line? $80? $80. Did they get completely $80. naked? It was just like bras. $80. Let's see here. Uh, they were playing sexual games, including a game in which customers would throw wanted money up to the girls who would catch the money in their underwear. I'm so confused. They were charging $80. See, now you get it. (laughs) Tim and I were laughing. (laughs) Um, So, but were they nude? Or were they just in like bra and panties? Now, the detective said the stand is positioned so that traffic above had a full view. A full view of naked ladies perched on a windowsill. Oh, I see. So that's the issue, is that somebody driving by may have seen the bosom. $80, though. That's pretty amazing. I think a la- lap dance is like, I haven't, I haven't been to his triple well, like forever, but yeah, this like 50 is, bucks maybe? This is a drive-up. Uh, not that I would know, but I would say it's $20. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. Well, this is a closer view. I suppose. And, and you're you getting coffee with it, it so as well. They got I, to fondle said bosoms. I mean, what's more American than not having to get out of your car for something? I get it. I mean, re- that, really, there's drive-in, you know, there's drive-through churches at this point and drive-through liquor stores in some states. Drive-through second base. Drive- <laughs> <laughs> That's way better than what I was going to say. All right. Let's Did you really just do that? Yeah. Sarah just made the uh, Sarah just just made the uh, the dual uh, radio dial uh, tune-in thing tune with in your hands. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. I couldn't quite remember. My brain couldn't come up with that. (laughs) All right. From naked baristas to incest, as we move along here, uh, Mackenzie Phillips is on her world tour to promote her uh, incest. And uh, her new book... To promote incest. (laughs) She She is their spokesperson. Well, it's safe incest. Uh, She explained when it stopped with her dad many, many years ago. How did it finally stop? Uh, I became pregnant. And I was... Well, that's enough. ...in a relationship with my son's father as well. Oh, wait, and what? I did not know who the father was. Oh. The implications, oh. the reality of that. Yeah. I had an abortion and I never let him touch me again. You never let your father touch you? Never. Because again. you didn't know if the father was your father. That's correct. Yeah. Did Feel you like tell your father he paid for the abortion? Jesus Christ. God almighty. So now, after worse. all this, she still loves her daddy. Uh, one of your family members, they would prefer that you not be telling the story because I think in some ways they think it defames your father. In some ways. That they're not concerned about Slightly. how it might defame me. In other ways, it's I'm awesome. a huge personal risk telling this story. And I have to say that I love my father. And Repeatedly. I and <laughs> in every shocking, position. But he was a man who lived in a world where the rules didn't apply to him 
and he tried to pass that on to us kids. He break he broke all the rules and crossed every boundary. I don't think he so much tried as he actually did. <laughs> That's yeah. true. He was successful. Jesus God. Uh, not content with just that. <laughs> he even taught her how to do cocaine properly. I was in my bedroom, sort of crouched over, trying to shoot up into my ankle because I thought I didn't want to scar my arms, which of course I went on to horribly scar my arms uh, throughout my lifetime. But he walked in and he said, oh baby, you're not doing it right. And I said, I, I, I don't, I, I'd forgotten to tie it off, the whole thing. And he said, but I'm not doing it. And I said, well then you're gonna talk me through it. And he sat down on the edge of the bed and he said, okay, step one. And we went through it and that's how, I mean, I wasn't particularly good at it, but that's how I learned how to do it. How to shoot cocaine, yes. Well, you scar your arms, Daddy, you'll find somebody prettier. Oh, what? Like, that's so out of bounds. Like, you, like I mean, look, I I've seen that other system. I cannot believe the layers of this story. I, I mean... It's unreal. Why? Not that I'm looking a gift horse in the mouth, but I, why now? Why? She's expecting to be rewarded for it. She's like, you don't know how hard it is for me to come out and tell us. Like, then don't tell anybody. Tell your therapist. You don't have to tell the entire country. It's yeah. It's just it's just so weird that she would suddenly Crazy. just have this cavalcade of of revelations about the dad. So it continued. Uh, so wait a minute. So they had. I can't even believe I'm saying this. So Mackenzie Phillips. So how can I ever watch one day at a time again? I know. You just ruined the show for me. I bet Valerie Bertinelli's really happy about that. Thanks for destroying my resi- my residual money. The uh, so the encounters with the dad. The first one was the night before she got married. So she was an adult. So she would have been w- w- at least eighteen, right? Yes. I don't know how old she was when she got married. She was eighteen because that's when she slept with Mick Jagger. Mm-hmm. So she was she at was least eighteen when she slept with. Mick or no, slept with her father. Yeah, eighteen with her father, and she waited a year for Mick Jagger. Well, you know, you have to work up. Well, to she Mick. did a little practice. He's like the boss at the end of a video game level. So you, uh, she was 18 when she starts having sex with the father, but then it became, well, I'm so confused now, though, because she has uh, relations with father, then Mick Jagger, but yeah. she's married in there somewhere, but then she oh, said that it true. became yeah. a consensual sexual relationship with the dad, so she was cheating on the husband with, with her, her father. Dad. That's correct, yeah. Well, that's just the unkindest cut of it. Well, how can you compete with Dad? I mean, really, it's... Uh, and who would suspect, really? This is making me really grossed out. Yeah, I, it's just uh, it's just deeply... Yeah, it's it's deeply weird. And the fact... Well, she is she pitching a book or something? Is yes. That the, well, see, there you go. That explains part of it. But Oprah you, read part of it. But, you, man, you got to give it up to Oprah, though, because Oprah's on a roll right now. She Because she has... What's her name? J.C. Casey Duggard, whatever, the kidnapped detensity uh-huh. girl. She's going to be on... Because nobody knows what she looks like now. The Inquirer has a photo that they claim is her, but nobody's confirmed it. If oh, by the Inquirer, so that just confirms itself. Have you seen it? No. If the photo in the Inquirer is true, oh, look, it sounds creepy, but I'm just going to... That girl grew up to be very pretty. I'll put it that way. She's, she, was, she grew up to be very attractive, which you would not think... You wouldn't think living in like an underground tent city would lend itself to a lot of beauty, like traditionally speaking. Uh, that girl did turn out to be a, quite a dish, though. Um, and then... Oprah gets you know gets gets Mackenzie Phillips uh, as well. So behold the power of Oprah. Is there anything else? Do we have we exhausted? I have a, I have a little passage of Oprah reading here if you'd like that. All right, yes, please Absolutely. go ahead. All right here we go. Dad said we could just run away to a country where no one would look down on us. There are countries where this is an accepted practice. Maybe Fiji. Then he said we can take Bijou and Tam and Shane and raise them as our children. My father was completely delusional. He was fantasizing about living with me as man and wife and raising my siblings, his children, as our children. No, I thought, we're going to hell for this. And then we ate the babies. 
On that note, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-228-4101. We want to thank our guest, Chester Bennington from uh, Lincoln Park, for joining us this morning. Also, Phyllis Smith from The Office, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week, John Cho, his new show, Flash Forward, premieres tonight, 8 o'clock on ABC. Of course, he was also in the uh, latest uh, Star Trek film and uh, will be in the sequel, which he says is uh, being written as we speak. And we want to thank Chad, yesterday's uh, bailer on Surviving Driving, and, uh, and thank him for coming on and being honest and kind of setting the... Uh, Setting the record straight uh, for us. So, uh, before we do anything else, we should remind you that this Friday, the KUFO half-off sale continues. The KUFO half-off sale continues with a site for sport eyes. It is eyewear for sporting uh, activities of all varieties. They have just a selection. Visit them on State Street in Lake Oswego to find the perfect sunglasses or prescription eyewear for your sport. On Friday, 9 a.m., you can buy your $50 gift certificate for only $25. That is uh, $25, get you $50. And right now, if you are caller 10 at 503-228-4101, you'll uh, pick one of those up. Before you can buy it again, they go on sale Friday, 9 a.m. Don't forget, Greg Nibbler and I will be uh, out at Survive It and Drive It this afternoon from 4 to 6. You can listen to us on uh, Court and Fat Boy this afternoon. Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the, the uh, lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler at the front desk. The gatekeeper is Dave's in. The webmistress, Bridget, from upstairs. Alpha Broadcasting marketing guru, Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds. Executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up next, it is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend, Buzz. And uh, uh, Corden Fatboy this afternoon, 3 to 7. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Aaron Duran, Mr. Skin, and from Allison Chains, Sean Kinney. My name is Rick Emerson. It is Thursday, September 24th, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, see you all tomorrow, and watch out for John Phillips. Your father is supposed to protect you. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.